A report by the Inspectorate of Constabulary says an officer from Cheshire told the male victim that he should forget about it. The report says the police made mistakes in how they handled allegations against Saville and it warns that a similar scandal could happen again. Sarah Kelly from the National Association for People Abused in Childhood said in years gone by, victims of sexual abuse were less likely to come forward than they are today. I think the police coped very differently back in the 60s, but I think as a society, sexual abuse wasn't talked about. It was something that didn't happen. And children were very much taught about stranger danger, the dirty old man in the raincoats at the park. The Care Quality Commission says people with dementia are not receiving adequate care because health and social care systems in England are struggling to cope. The CQC, which is responsible for maintaining standards in the health service, says those with dementia are more likely to be admitted to hospital with an avoidable condition such as dehydration. Labour will force a vote in the Commons later on the introduction of so-called mansion tax on the country's most expensive houses. Chris Mason reports. Labour has recently adopted the idea of a new tax on homes worth more than £2 million. The Liberal Democrats proposed a mansion tax in their election manifesto three years ago. Labour hoped to box the Lib Dems into a corner. Do they support their coalition partners, the Conservatives, who oppose the tax, or side with Labour and hope to defeat the government? David Cameron and Nick Clegg have tabled an intentionally broad-based amendment which acknowledges their differing views on a mansion tax but criticises Labour. The coalition will hope this will bind together Tory and Lib Dem MPs and defeat the opposition. Roman Catholic cardinals embark on the process of electing a new pope today. The first of what are likely to be several secret ballots is expected to take place this afternoon. In Sport England, locks Joe Launchbury and Jeff Parling should both be fit to face Wales in the deciding match of the Six Nations on Saturday. Saracens fly half Owen Farrell also trained this week and could play some part, although number eight Ben Morgan is still injured. The weather cloudy with the risk of a few outbreaks of light snow and a top temperature of just four degrees Celsius. That's 39 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. Right, let's do this thing, shall we? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It is flipping cold. It is, I know, look at that, it's cold. Oh, if I didn't have to be here, I so wouldn't be here. That doesn't really make sense. Hang on a second. Anyway. Basically, what I'm saying is, if you if you have the option to bunk off whatever you're doing today, just bunk off, stay in bed. Stay in bed, listen to us. Until 9.25, then Kyle comes on. No, I don't, no. Lots on the show this morning, including, do you remember, Roxana Whittaker and Andy Malcolm, they're, they're the two local councillors who represent Hightown. They came on the show a little while ago. Well, it turns out that residents in Hightown don't want them as their councillors anymore. So they're taking matters into their own hands. Breaking news. We'll hear from a man who has a streetlight outside his house that won't turn off. And according to a new survey, the perfect relationship is when the gentleman is four years and four months older than the lady. Do you agree with that? What's the age gap in your relationship? And I've said it before, I'll say it again. If the age gap is ten years or more, you're perverts and it's destined to fail. It's destined to fail. It won't work. It can't work. You haven't got the same cultural references. Lots of ways to get in touch, as I know you'll want to this morning. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text... 81333. Start your text 3CR. Put your name on it, please. Or 
Look at this, the switchboard is completely empty. You can give me a call. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, it's a story that we've been following very, very closely here on Three Counties. Crime and antisocial behaviour in the high town area of Luton. Horrible stories of prostitutes having sex in people's doorways and rubbish chutes. Open drug dealing in car parks and local female residents being harassed by men who think they're street girls. Well, it seems that residents and local businesses feel they've been badly let down by their councillors and have taken matters into their own hands. On Friday evening, they launched an official petition for a vote of no confidence in the two local councillors who represent Hightown, Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm. And they've gained nearly 300 signatures in just three days. You may remember I spoke to Roxana and Andy on this show a little while ago. You've got to take an approach which actually solves the problem over a long-term period. You right. can't I don't want a prostitute the... having sex up against my door or in my rubbish chute, so what are you going to do about that? Well, so on the rubbish chutes, that is something the council can do something. So lots of these are police issues, but right. there are some okay, council so what are you issues do about as well. So with regards to rubbish chutes, we have got... Um, bin men now with keys and they should be able to lock them and that's only something that has recently come about so we're still in the process of getting that into a situation that's actually working because at the moment some of them are sometimes being left open and obviously we're still talking to people about that. It should be working from now. Right. But there are always going to be people who forget to do things that they're meant to do. You can understand why jobs. people are upset I'm about sure you this. forget to do things in your job. I, don't, I, I would not forget <laughs> to lock a chute if I knew that there were prostitutes having sex in it and it was upsetting the local residents. I wouldn't forget that, no. It's not part of your job, though, is it? So what I would say is we are talking to the council. I, I, I don't know why we, you're finding this well, funny, because the I'm residents not, aren't finding this funny. I'm not finding this funny. But you're making slightly flippant comments about it, and the residents are... Fe- have a listen. I'm, this is what the residents said about the council. I've spoken to Roxanne. It, it took quite a long time for her to actually get to see me. I spoke to her, and um, she mentioned that, you know, that she's having talks with the police. It was just after that, when I spoke to a few other people, I found out that these these councillors, so-called councillors and MPs, actually support, run some sort of organisation which gives these street workers a place where they can come and eat and clean and food and sort of, you know, I feel encourages them. But I was disgusted with that. They just see me as, a, a, I think, an eccentric thorn in their side. And in my view, they do not care, really. Well, I wouldn't say don't care, but they're not really interested in what goes on with um, us who have to live with the vice that they are so keen to help. And we do feel like prisoners. And we don't feel like the police or the council care about us having to be prisoners. Strong words. Yeah, very strong words. We've been around for 18 months and we're doing everything yeah. that we can to change it. And we can't do anything about what's happened in the past, but we can do our best to work for the residents now. With a slow, long-term the, plan. There is, there is no quick works. answer to this. It, we want well, a sustainable it, it solution. Well, as you can see, it got a, a, a very feisty there. And one local resident who has campaigned hard for change in Hightown is Wendy, and she joins me now. Good morning, Wendy. Hello. Wendy, the people and businesses in Hightown have, have come together to, to stage this coup. Why has the petition been launched? 
because people have just totally had enough of enough now we've given them a long long time we've had horrific things going on in here in high town not only with the prostitution which in all fairness to the police we have seen less of that but in the shoots and the shoots are still unlocked um we've had uh, four um, incidents where um, in, even a bus was shot at. Sorry? You, you, you know, you haven't seen anything of the councillors. They don't come round. Wendy? Yes. Did you say a bus was shot at? Yes. We've had four incidents in Hightown. Um, a local bus was shot at and two um, passengers had to go to the walk-in centre and the driver was in shock. Um, a lady had a pellet in her door on a separate occasion. Have you spoken to um, the, the two councillors in question, Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm, about these issues? I haven't, because in all fairness, um, they are a dead loss and um, they do not work with us. And on that occasion, we, you know, we've just lost so... We've We've just lost everything that we should be able to do with councillors. We can't. And, um, I mean, it's not a nice thing to say, but people refer to Andy as the laughing hyena because he just finds everything so funny. So we go it alone. We do it alone. We've given them enough time and enough rope. And so now we've all got together, decided on this petition, and we are doing it to show that we just can't take any more. So w where is the petition now? W w where can people go and sign it if they so desire? The, the petition is with a lot of different individuals who right. I can't name because truthfully I don't know them. And the main petition is with a gentleman called Shazad whose shop is on the corner of North Street and um, Old Bedford Road and who, who is a gentleman who is very brave because he is constantly under siege from prostitutes. What what happens? It's got 300 signatures. How many do you need to get to, to trigger some action? Well, I gather we if we get 500 signatures, we can force a full debate in the council. Mm. But hopefully this petition is going to run for three weeks. So, though it's never good to count your chickens before they hatch, we're hoping for a thousand, just to show the strength of feeling against the lack of everything. And it is a sad thing to say this as well, but even the MP, Gavin Shooker's wife, is involved in Azalea with Roxana and... Um, and his sympathies too. So we we're we're in a sinking boat, you know. Well, the 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 charity you mentioned there is one of the things where where people think there might be um, a, a conflict of interest. Do you not think uh, that, that Andy and Rox uh, Roxana are, are trying their best that they want High Town to be better? They wouldn't want it to be worse, would they? Well, I'm not in their minds, but I mean, I, I, I believe, you know, I'm quoting right when I say here, they both said they would not be speaking to the radio or the papers anymore. But so
so if you've got no if you've got no um you know word going between each other if you've not got this then you know you might as well talk to the brick wall wendy listen we, we have to end it there it would appear there has been a breakdown of, of communication we did ask roxana and andy to come on today they declined uh, as did everyone we asked at luton borough council actually apparently because of an election in one ward of luton we can't speak to your councillors on this program and ask them the questions you want answers to uh, it, it, it's perda. There's been a perda, but I think I think perda starts in about ten days' time. I may be wrong. There's a little confusion about it. Anyway, we will be keeping you informed of this story. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. There is a coup in High Town. Never heard the likes. If you've ever tried to get councillors ousted, we've been disappointed with what they've been doing for you. What happened? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Breaking news after Sam and Dave. C3 Counties Radio. We do have a breaking news story that we're just trying to finalise the details on. We'll give you more as and when we can. It involves a parrot. Here's the travel news with Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We're not looking too bad out there at the moment. No major problems to update you with. Looks like the motorways are moving fairly nicely on the whole. The M1 in particular is looking good at the moment and the M25 as well. No major problems to update you with there. 
Now, the A405 is moving well at the moment. No problems on the North Ortle and also looking like it's uh, moving nicely as well through Buckingham on the A41. Usually gets a little bit busy at this time in the morning but is seeming to be holding out at the moment. On First Capital Connect services, we do have delays of up to an hour on the Bedford to Brighton line, all due to snow, so do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sophie. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.16, it's Tuesday, the 12th of March, and these are your headlines. People living and working in an area of loot and blighted by drugs and prostitution have launched a petition to oust councillors they accuse of doing nothing. Former Radio One and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. In sport, Roger Federer is through to the fourth round of the Indian Wells tennis after a straight sets win over Ivan Dodig. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks cloudy with the risk of a few outbreaks of light snow and a top temperature of four degrees. Coming up, we'll hear from a man who has a streetlight outside his house that won't turn off. BBC Three Counties Radio. You can listen to BBC Three Counties Radio in so many different ways. On FM. 95.5. 103.8. And 104.5. On AM. 630 and 1161. Online at bbc.co.uk. Slash Three Counties. And on DAB. Digital Radio. Retune your digital radio now and look out for BBC 3CR. Bringing local radio to you in, in more, more ways, ways than, than ever. ever before. BBC Three Counties Radio. So there's a, a, a survey, a survey, in uh, quite a few of the newspapers that says the best age difference in a relationship to have the healthiest relationship, four years, four months, uh, and that's if the man is older. Kind of about where me and my wife were about five years. So it's kind of the thing, and even at five years, we struggle with that age gap because we have lots of different points of reference. She doesn't know. A lot of the TV shows and a lot of the bands and a lot of the things I'm talking about. So I think kind of five years, mm, ten years or more, seriously, there's, there's something wrong with one of you. And it will never last. Well, um, Jay in Hemel Hempstead has texted in 81333, starting the text uh, 3CR. There is a 13-year age gap between myself and my husband. He is 71 and I am 59. We've been married for over 30 years and have no plans to separate. Not yet, Jay, you don't. Not yet. Still time. It won't last. It won't last. 08459 455 555. Oh, this is cheeky. Someone snuck in Noah and the Whale onto BBC Three Counties Radio. Who'd have done such a thing? There's a boy with his head pressed up to the window. The bus headed out of town. Breath on the glass, he draws with his finger the map of the roads they go down. The circles of streetlights, the only signal. There's people out there in the black. He waves goodbye, the town he grew up in. Knows that he'll never come back. Oh, but the night outside is far below, his heart is pumping blood. On his lips a perfect smile, his eyes begin to flood Cause tonight's the kind of night Where everything could change Tonight's the kind of night Where everything could change And the rumble strip clack And the 
pulls on his head And the engine hums a humble tune A melody of rubber and lead And under lamps like gold And paradise stars An infinity of dancing white light He sees that his death is to experience only And not to those who plan out his life Oh, but the night outside is far below The moon is in the sky His heart is full of perfect joy He whispers his goodbye Cause tonight's the kind of night Where everything could change Tonight's the kind of night Where everything could change And tonight is not gonna come back in the way I'd forgotten about them I like them they're a good band morning this is Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio and as you know we are the first for news and uh, a new story is breaking now we're trying to get you as many details as we can we're going to go to our correspondent John in Clapham good morning John uh, Clapham Bedfordshire I should say not that horrible one in London <coughs> yeah good morning to you good morning John now you've called in um, with uh, some breaking news what's happened um, I've lost a parrot a macaw so a pretty large parrot how uh, how big is this this parrot? Well, if he sits on a kitchen table, his, toe, his tail will almost touch the ground. And uh, if you give him a whole walnut, he can crush it. So, uh, mm. so powerful bird. Does he, he does he crush your walnuts often? Yes, he does. Yeah, it's his oh. treat. Ouch! What's, so, give uh, us give us um, some some details, John. Uh, what's this parrot's name? Well, it's called Charlie. Uh, yeah, and I've had him for over thirty years, and uh, I had a pair of them. And his his missus died last year, ah. so uh, he's tame but nervous. Yeah, and um, obviously he he wouldn't harm anybody. But if somebody approached him and you know he got frightened, he might he give him a nasty nip. He could give them, could crush their walnuts or, or, or tear well, a, tear an eye yeah, out. I, well, I, I, yeah, I'd hope he wouldn't crush them walnuts. But I, I, I hope so too. Uh, how? Do, 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 where, what colour is he? Let's get a description well, he, of this parrot. He's scarlet, so he's unmissable. He's bright red. Did it's, you say he's, you've had him for 30 years? I've had him for over 30 years, yeah. How old yeah. do these birds live to be? Well, I was told that some of them live 60, 70, but when, what? His, when his wife, his missus died last year, the, the vet did say that's a bit of a fallacy. Oh, OK. Um, and where, but, where did you last see him? Well, he used to live outside and fly free. So in the oh. morning, he goes out and sits on the, a rail outside. We, we live right out in the open. And he usually comes back round when the weather's cold and so it taps on the front door and back he comes in. Yeah. But he went out this yesterday morning. I mean, his poos are not very pleasant, so that's why he goes out in the morning. S- sorry? But um, 
if I saw him on the rail, yes. sort of sitting in, in a bit of shade and enjoying himself, and then I went out about 10 minutes later, and he'd gone. Oh. And usually he stays around pretty close to the house, so obviously looked all round yesterday. But John, if someone sees it, what, what, what should they do? A, a big net? How does, what, what, what's the best way to catch it? Um, well, he'd, probably, he'd be unlikely to come down unless for food. He'd okay. probably be sitting on a tree or a, a, um, a hedge or something. Okay, John, listen, we're going to end it there, but keep listening. D- dear listener, if you've seen Charlie, a um, giant, 30, let's say, 33-year-old uh, parrot-struck macaw, scarlet in colour, 08459 455 555. We're on the hunt for Charlie. Can we, can we get Charlie this morning? We're desperate for Charlie. Now, four years, four months is the perfect age gap in a relationship. That's if the gentleman is older. Okay? It doesn't work the other way around. It's according to a survey. Um, so, uh, uh, is that true? Four years, four months? Let's say four and a half years. Is that true? Well, we'll speak to my favourite relationship expert, Diana Parkinson. She's going to tell me uh, if that's true or not. Diana, is it four years, four months with the gentleman being older? Well, I've never heard this before. You're hearing it now, Diana. We're the first for news. I'm a bit worried about the little parrot, so I hope he's found. Um, He's not little, he's massive. He can crush your nuts. (laughs) Uh, But no, I've never heard this. So, mm, I don't know, is this somebody just trying to make some news or something interesting? Are you suggesting that we would just just throw something out to fill a gap? Is that what you're... Well, maybe. But (laughs) it's a bit precise, isn't it? It is precise. Imagine if you're meeting, going to date, you've got to work this out, this exact birth difference. um, Well, you can do it. If you you do the internet dating now, you could probably type it in. Well, you probably can, but internet dating, I mean, it's a wonderful idea and it can work for some people and for some people it's a horror anyway, so... <laughs> it's a whole other complication. Diana, can I ask, are you in a relationship? I am. What, very, what's... very long, long relationship. Oh, you sound tired and jaded. <laughs> what's the age gap between you and your other half? Um, it's about five months. Oh, okay, so that's very close. Mm. My... Well, yes, and, and it's a long, long one. I'm a grandmother, so, uh, you know. Oh, there you yeah. go. Well, <laughs> I, my wife is five years younger than me, and we kind of struggle... Uh, with with popular cultural references, she she didn't watch the same TV shows as me and listen to the same music when we were growing up. So I, there are huge gaps in her knowledge. Yeah, I mean that's not an enormous age difference, but there is the whole cultural thing, isn't there? Yeah. Really. Yeah. But but I I think for, I've no idea where this came from. I think it's just somebody trying to do something or make some Ooh. news or something like that. Would you agree with me, Diana, that uh, ten years or over I- an age gap in a relationship, you're perverts? And it will never last. Oh, no. Are you just saying that to be, you know, <laughs> but really inside you're thinking he's, he's, he's saying what we're all thinking. Ten years or over, it's wrong. It, that can never work. Because right, if ten years, he'll be 70, you'll be 60. You're still mm. kind of young and with it, and he's past it. Well, uh, no, I, I, think it, I think the whole thing, as you said, the cultural references that we have yeah. do make a difference. Yeah. But, you know, what, what, if, really, if people are happy together, then it's fine. That's, what, that's what's important. 20 Most years, 20 years. Love and be loved. It, it can be very difficult, and it's then what roles are you taking on? You yeah. know, is it parent-child or what, what's going on? Yeah. But um, I, I think it's usually... I don't know, speaking as a woman, it's usually nice to be with a man of a similar age. Yes. But I think... Well, there's the whole thing, I suppose, the sexual thing of men wanting a young, fertile woman, you know, and I suppose the pressure on women to feel that men won't be interested after a certain age. So, you know, it, it's a difficult one. I think when we're young, then you're going to be with somebody a similar age. I think as life goes on, then things can change. 
Diana, thank you very much. Diana Parkinson, uh, um, the relationship expert. What do you think? What's the age gap in your relationship? Have a good, hard look at your relationship this morning, dear listener. What's the age gap? Four years, four months, apparently, according to this survey, disputed slightly by an expert there, by Diana, is the perfect age for the most successful relationship. It's in loads of the papers today, so it must be true. And ten years or over, the age gap relationship... It's not going to last. There are odd exceptions, like Jay, who texted earlier on. But generally, it's not going to work. When Ronnie Wood, um, of the Rolling Stone, uh, got married, he went and asked um, his girlfriend's dad for permission to marry his daughter. I think Ronnie Wood was, was older than the dad. Something like that. Or about the same age. If I was the dad, I'd say, jog on, old man. Get out of it. You dirty, get out, you dirty. I'd get the shotgun out and chase him off my land. 08459 four double five five double five. What's the age gap in your relationship? And ten years and above, it really is. It's, it, it's for deviance. Here's the travel news with Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still looking fairly good out there at the moment. No major problems to update you with. The motorways are coping well. Looks like uh, the snow not causing too much of a problem out there at the moment. Now it is moving well around Greater London as well. The North Orbital Road looking good approaching the Park Street roundabout and eastbound on the A41 through Buckingham as well. Not looking too bad at all approaching the London Road. It does usually get fairly slow there but at the moment not looking too bad. Now we do have delays of up to an hour on First Capital Connect services on the Bedford to Brighton line or due to the snow, so do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. Let's get the latest news and sport now with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's 6.30. The headlines, people living and working in an area of Luton blighted by drugs and prostitution have launched a petition to oust councillors they accuse of doing nothing. Former Radio 1 and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. And it's emerged that police failed to investigate an allegation of rape made against Jimmy Savile in 1963. <laughs> Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In League One tonight, MK Dons play Shrewsbury at Stadium MK with the Dons still in with a chance of making the playoffs. Striker Ryan Lowe hasn't scored for the club since the 4-2 FA Cup win at QPR in January but isn't concerned about his personal form. Everything gets put on a back burner now. You, you target yourself, you try and reach uh, your achievement, your own achievements. They've all been put on a back burner and that's not just me, that's every single player in the football club. That's what I see anyway, especially in our squad that we just need to pick up points whatever way they come but we're more than happy also in League One, Stevenage are at home to Bournemouth. Borough will want to hit back after their disappointing defeat on Saturday. In League Two, Wickham Wanderers are at home to Rotherham. The chairboys lost on Saturday, and Gareth Ainsworth admits he already has one eye on next season. It's been a big season for us, and uh, you know, next season hopefully we can we can kick on and do better. But um, this season's all about it was all about survival. Um, I still want to finish top half. I'd love to finish top half. I still think we can do that. Luton Town have Wayne Thomas back from suspension for tonight's conference match against Hyde, although he's likely to be on the bench. Scott Rendell may miss out after an injury which could see a first start for Alex Wall. 
In rugby, England locks Joe Launchbury and Jeff Parling should both be fit to face Wales in the deciding match of the Six Nations on Saturday. Saracens fly half Owen Farrell also train this week and could play some part, although number eight Ben Morgan still injured. And finally, tennis. Roger Federer is through to the fourth round of the Indian Wells tennis after a straight sets win over Ivan Dodik. Rafael Nadal's opponent, Leonardo Mayer, pulled out of their match with a back injury. So Nadal will play Ernest Gulbis in the next round. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at seven o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. We'll have the latest on the missing parrot in a little bit. But coming up in the next 30 minutes, residents in Hightown are trying to get rid of the councillors that represent their area. Hear more later on in the show. Breaking news. We'll hear from a gentleman who has a streetlight outside his house that will not turn off. And the perfect relationship is when the man is about four years older. Do you agree? What's the age gap in your relationship? Ten years or more won't last. There'll be the odd exception, but generally it won't last. You can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Well, the message is pretty clear from the people of the Falklands this morning. The referendum result came through overnight and they voted overwhelmingly in favour of keeping the islands as a British overseas territory rather than opting for independence. Around 1,500 votes were cast with all but three people voting to keep the status quo. The Argentinian government, which also claims sovereignty of the islands, has described the vote as a meaningless waste of time. Well, our reporter, Gavin Lee, is in the capital, Stanley, and joins me on the programme. Bring us up to date with the events overnight in Stanley, Gavin. Yeah, I've just come back to the studio in Stanley. It's um, three o'clock. It's just gone half past three in the morning here. And we've been up all night and there's been hundreds of families uh, waiting for this result to come through. And they all were out in the cold um, with their children with face paint and Union Jacks. Um, it came in at just gone two o'clock your time. So just gone 11 o'clock here. And they were all out at the main focal point where the, they gather, which is the gardens of the main uh, cathedral, Christchurch Cathedral. Uh, the, all the politicians were in the town hall where the actual announcement was being made. There's a big tannoy system, it's a real party atmosphere, completely charged atmosphere as well. At one point, Don't Cry For Me Argentina came on the tannoy and there were hundreds of people singing in unison uh, and you know, there was something extra, extra frisson to it given um, the occasion as well. Then the result was announced that 99.8% of you know, 1,500 people voting yes, three voting no. Even the politicians said that they thought there'd be more voting no. They said there should be 99 95%, so they were thinking this is even clearer a message than they thought and asked a number of people who were partying and celebrating what their thoughts were. I'm excellent. I've got a tear in my eye. I'm just so thrilled. I may not have been happier with 100%, but it was awesome. We're British. Look at this. Feel it. Taste it. Love it. Gavin, who were the three people that voted no? Have you met them? I haven't. I don't think anybody's met them. Um, This is the tricky thing. One person actually contacted the BBC the other day and said that they will vote no, that they want to dual um, citizenship with with Argentina because this problem's never going to go away and ultimately it would be better for trade. So there was one person there who wouldn't be identified or named. Um, Again, the issue is speaking publicly about this. Mm. If there was somebody um, in this spirit and carnival atmosphere, it would be very hard to say anything else. But uh, a few people did tell me tonight, in the last few hours, that the way they feel 
feel about it. If they knew who it was, it wouldn't matter. They, they'd be welcome anywhere. I'm not sure that's the whole island would say the same thing, but uh, certainly I'm sure those three will stay anonymous. There were election observers uh, involved, some from Latin American countries. Was it seen to be a fair voting process? It was, yeah. In fact, there was a British observer on a panel of ten who was kicked off two days ago. Basically, he'd given a speech in the town hall, um, which was seen as too partisan for the Falklanders. So the British government got involved and said that he can't be on. So it was made up of all um, foreign observers, five from Latin American countries. They said they were happy this morning with the vote. It was a fair um, referendum process. it's interesting because I guess ultimately the point of this, Ian, a lot of people will be thinking, yeah, and what is, what's going to happen next? It seems that there's a, there's a fair head of steam now. They've dispatched about seven politicians to Latin America, to Washington, um, to Europe too, to try and spread the message. First of all, to get better links with some of the Latin American countries that have sympathised with Argentina publicly. Also to try and change the American position, which doesn't take a view on sovereignty, and try to lobby the UN, the United Nations, and ask if they can uh, look again at, well, at the moment the UN position is to get a, a discussion, a, a discourse between Argentina and Britain. Uh, does this vote change anything? We shall see. I asked Dick Saw, who is from the Legislative Assembly, what this means in terms of the history of the Falklands. This is what he said. I think this is the single most important vote that anybody on the electoral roll in the Falklands has ever cast. I really do. To me, this is a vindication of what happened in 1982. In 1982, 255 British servicemen died here, and they died so that we would have those fundamental freedoms, and we've exercised those tonight. So this was a really, really important statement from my point of view. Gavin, thank you very much for that. That's Gavin Lee reporting uh, from the Falklands. 08459 455 555. Uh, This next song was requested by our very own Justin Dealey. So here's a little bit of Tom Jones for JD. He's kind of like our own Tom Jones, isn't he? His his shirt always done down to his navel. Leather jacket. A little bit blary. Bit of a lech. Love is like candy on a shelf You want to taste and help yourself The sweetest things are there for you Help yourself, take a few That's what I want you to do We're always told repeatedly The very best in life is free And if you want to prove it's true Baby, I'm telling you This is what you should do Just help yourself to my lips To my arms Just say the word and they are yours Just help yourself to the love In my heart your smile has opened up the door The greatest wealth that exists In the world could never yourself to my lips to my arms and then let's really start to live right. <laughs> yeah my heart has love enough for two. More than enough for me and you I'm rich with love, a millionaire I've so much, it's unfair Why don't you take a share? Just help yourself 
Sing along, JD. Just help yourself to the love in my heart. Your smile has opened up the door. The greatest world that exists in the world. Morning, sleepy eyes. Should we have a uh, leisurely look at the front pages? Yes, let's. You know, let's take our time this morning. We don't want to rush it too much. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. The Guardian: <clears throat> A tragedy, tragedy of their own making. Hewn and Price jailed for eight months. Judge, you only have yourselves to blame. Twitter was ablaze yesterday with um, with with uh, with this news, and some people saying, "Oh, I feel sorry for the kids." Oh, poor. Yeah, the kids are like about nine. The, the youngest is about 19, 20 years old. This, why are you sorry for the kids? And I'm not. Part of me finds it um, a, a little bit uncomfortable. Listen, they, they muffed up and they totally, it's totally their fault. I, I don't enjoy this reveling in their misery, though. They've, they've, they've got what they deserved. Um, I, I don't enjoy. Are you reveling in, in, in their misery? Are you celebrating the fact that Hume and Price have gone to prison. Yes, it's deserved that they go. Of course they should. They, they, they did wrong. But I'm not going around going, yeah, high fives, guys. We nailed that Vicky Price, huh? Yeah, we nailed her. Are you celebrating the fact they've gone to prison? Oh, wait, 459-455-555. It's on the front page of all the newspapers today. The Daily Telegraph brought to justice at last in a tragedy of their own making. Vicky Price and Chris Hune are each jailed for eight months for swapping speeding points. Um, what other stories we've got here? Manager of uh, Scandal Hit Hospital is promoted. Sir David Nicholson, the embattled head of the NHS, yesterday appointed as his deputy a hospital manager accused of suppressing an investigation into high death rates. Um, or let's see what Matt, the hilarious <coughs> Telegraph cartoonist, let's see what he's got today. Okay, so there's a picture of some people queuing outside a stationer's, um, and it's snowing. And Matt uh, on the po- has drawn uh, a poster on the window of the stationer's that says, Calendar recall. Month of March mistakenly shows image of spring. Matt gets paid for that. He gets paid for that. Matt is my nemesis. I'm sure he's a big fan of my work as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sure he's quaking in his boots. But it's just awful. No one finds that guff funny, do they? The Independent. Um, the remarkable story of the first British lesbian to get IVF. Okay. Uh, any, and there's the, the, the brill- there is a brilliant picture. I'm not reveling in their misery. But there is the brilliant picture of Christian with a camera shoved literally in his face. What, what was going on there? He stood there defiant as a camera is is thrust up against his face um other stories on the front page of the independent revealed police could have stopped savile 50 years ago police received intelligence suggesting that jimmy savile was a sex offender 50 years ago but over the following decades missed chance after chance to bring him to justice a damning report reveals today and what you like reveals what you're really like Sorry? If you choose to like something on Facebook, you could be revealing intimate details about your personality. Psychologists who studied the website said they had nothing better to do with their time. No, hang on, sorry. Said they were able to accurately predict the sexuality, political views and religion of complete strangers. Oh, dear. Goodness gracious me. 
The Times. There's that picture again of Chris Hume with uh, his nose is bent by this camera shoved in his face. Jail completes the fall of Hume and Price. Disgraced cabinet minister admits he lied to protect his political career. Uh, and Savile case floors still dog police database. The Express, now again to the serious papers. Just how ill is the Queen? Fresh setback for Her Majesty. The Queen was forced to pull out of a public engagement yesterday as she struggled to shake off an 11-day illness. Public concern about her health was heightened after she cancelled her appearance at the annual Commonwealth Day Observance Ceremony at the last minute. She's 86 years old. She's had quite a nasty bug. Let her get on with it. Uh, The Daily Mail. The man who fell to earth. It's not David Bowie's new record. It's Chris Hune. He dreamed of being Deputy PM. Yesterday, Chris Hune, confessing he lied and lied again to save his career, was starting a new life in jail. Uh, And The Sun. There's a tiny little bit about um, Chris Hune. I would say that's a third of the front page. And the rest is about a free £11 bet... At Cheltenham 2013. And um, Gaza says, I was a Calpol addict. Gaza has revealed how his desperate booze addiction left him hooked on kids' medicine, Calpol. If you're a parent, yeah, yum. That, that Calpol, it, well, it tastes nice, doesn't it? It tastes nice because it's, you're meant to give it to kids. And it makes you a little bit drowsy. I'm not recommending it, I'm just saying. I can see where he's coming from. Travel news now. Here's Sophie Tyler. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Southbound on the Barnet Bypass. It is still queuing in the moment between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Usual delays for this time in the morning. Now the A405 at North Orbital Road also still fairly heavy at the moment. Just approaching the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Now the motorways are actually still coping fairly well at the moment. But on the train's first capital connect still have delays of up to an hour on the Bedford to Brighton line. All due to the snow. So do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Sophie. Morning, it's nearly 6.46. It is Tuesday the 12th of March. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People living and working in an area of Luton blighted by drugs and prostitution have launched a petition to oust councillors they accuse of doing nothing. Former Radio 1 and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. In sport, one of the showpiece occasions in the racing calendar, the Cheltenham Festival begins today. And coming up before seven o'clock, we'll hear from a man who has a streetlight outside his house that won't turn off. But before that, let's get the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's a bitterly cold day outside. We've seen some snow showers overnight and we'll continue to see some throughout the course of the day. Not too much, though. Once the sun is doing its job, it won't cause too many problems. The problem it's causing when we do get these snow flurries is the visibility issue. Because the wind is quite strong, it makes things swirl around a little, making visibility fairly poor for roads. So extra care needed out there. Now, temperatures outside at the moment over a high wick are minus four. Just above St Albans, it's minus three and up towards 
towards uh, Milton Keynes, it's around minus two, so sub-zero and very, very cold in a strong northeasterly wind. It's actually feeling a lot colder than that. Through the course of the day, we're looking at a maximum of around two Celsius. That's 36 degrees in Fahrenheit, if we're lucky, but it really won't feel like that at all. Now, overnight tonight, we'll notice the wind starts to ease. Some dry and clear spells. May get one or two showers at first, but eventually dry and clear with a widespread frost expected and also some icy patches as well. Minimum temperature down to minus two. That's 28 degrees in Fahrenheit. Tomorrow morning, some bright spells, but we can expect more in the way of wintry showers moving in from the north. Maximum temperature, five Celsius, 41 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Thank you very much. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. No two days are ever the same on my programme. That's because I get to meet passionate local people. As usual, over a pint in the Queen's Head one night in Amtoy, we said, hey, why don't we have a, a pop-up cinema? And we just got together and we convert Parkside Hall into a cinema. Play loads of great music. The Birds, Mr Tambourine Man. Tell me which other show on the radio goes from Leanne Rhymes to Elvis Presley. And sometimes I try to learn new skills. And then you've got the white thread basically connected to these bobbins, which... Don't make, rubble, oh, don't mess them up. Did. I may have messed them up. Nick Coffer, Monday to Saturday from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Take a look outside your window, dear listener. Probably a lamppost outside your house. Well, it, the light should be turning off in a few minutes. And if, if it's not turned off already, well, imagine the nightmare of living with a lamppost outside your house that never turns off. There's one in Bedfordshire that's stuck on. It's been stuck on for the last nine months. Terry Mayling lives near the streetlight in barton Clay and has reported the problem several times. But beds, uh, Central Beds Council say it's too risky to fix it. <clears throat> well, let's talk now to our constantly on light correspondent, Justin Dealey. He's been to visit the well-lit scene. Justin, it's, yes. we, my tongue is slightly in my cheek, but yes. I bet for that poor fella, it, it must be a nightmare. Well, he's not happy at all. Uh, Terry, clearly not happy. Hasn't been happy for months. Uh, the light was still on this morning. It's just like any normal street light, Ian, about 15 foot high. And as I say, the light was on. So I was with Terry this morning, just after 6am. He was in his dressing gown. He was angry, angry again that this light was still on he took me to the street light and this is what happened well terry this street light here which we're looking at how long has that been turned on permanently on for i've reported it into the council last june but i understand it was on a few months prior to that as well permanently and let's get this absolutely clear that is on all the time it never turns off great and why are you so angry about this because of the waste of electricity we hear horrible stories every day of cost cutting um, and turning the lights off overnight to stop electricity or save electricity and then this is on all the time. So it's not a case of it shining through your bedroom, keeping you awake, you just think it's a waste of money. Correct. So when you have phoned the council and you said, look, there's this street light, it's on all the time, can you turn it off? What have they said to you? They have said uh, they will send engineers out to rectify it, which they did on one, on one occasion tail end of last year. This one they can't mend because it's a concrete one and the health and safety won't let them put the ladders up there. The modern steel one's folded in half. Hang on a second. A ladder. We're looking at this and that's probably, I would say, what, 15 foot, if that? Let's say 15 foot yeah. for, for round figures. And they're saying they can't get a ladder, a health and safety ladder, to fix this. Correct. Right, OK, so if they're telling you that, as a local resident who is complaining, what's your reaction to that? 
If you give me a ladder, I'll do it myself. <laughs> well, can you go and buy one then? I mean, is it just you here? Is it just you who's unhappy about this? Because in the grand scheme of things, it's only a street light, Terry. My neighbour at number seven, Richard, has also been complaining bitterly via emails, letters, phone calls, with exactly the same complaint, and he's getting the same standard replies as I am. I mean, what would you say to anybody listening to this right now who says, oh, come on, for goodness sake, get a life, you've got more important things to worry about? Yes, I have, but it annoys me the waste of materials from the Bedford Council. Um, we hear horror stories every day of their cuss cutting, and there's two lights been blazing away for nine months as a minimum. Okay, just lastly, genuinely, this does make you very, very angry. I can see that in your face right now. Fuming. What, what is your message to Central Bedfordshire Council? In your words, as you said there, you're fuming. What is your message to them? Come and replace it, or get a ladder up there, or do something with it, mend it. No excuses, as far as you're concerned. Correct. I, I don't get this, Justin. I don't get this. How tall is this l- lamp? Uh, Fifteen foot. Right. I've got. I've actually got a fear of heights, so yeah. I can't go up there. But <laughs> you could probably go up there and do it. Can to, you? To be honest with you, I, I didn't know what to expect this morning. I thought yeah. well, we're being sent to a story where a man is angry about a street lamp. Yeah. I thought this thing was going to be absolutely massive. That's why they couldn't fix it. It's just a small street lamp. In actual fact, I've got a picture of Terry uh, with the lamp, and you will see that on the Three Counties Radio Facebook page. Hopefully in the next 15 minutes or so. Now, listen, my tongue has been slightly in my cheek, mm. but this is the kind of thing that would drive me nuts. Why would it drive you nuts? Oh, because it's uh, it's the little things, Justin. The big things, the big things. They, they, they don't pull you under. It's <laughs> it's not the elephants, it's the ants, Justin. And this is an ant. And just to have this every single day yeah. <laughs> for, for nine months, I'd walk past it and go, oh. <laughs> and I would be on the phone to the council. I would be getting angry. I would be... T- and also... But council are wrong. This, they, they, they've misunderstood the health and safety laws. There is no, there is no health and safety law that says you can't climb up there and change the light bulb. They've got cherry pickers. Well, what they're saying is that Central Bedfordshire Council. What they're saying are uh, they're unable to come on the programme today. By the way, oh but right, yes. Yeah. But in a statement, they apologise to Terry for the delay in resolving this issue, which he's very passionate about. As you yeah. heard there, the council says a steel lamp post will replace the concrete column eventually oh, as dear. part of its programme to update street lights. When? When? Uh, eventually, they say. When? When? Eventually. Is, that, is it eventually? Is that 2013? Eventually? Is that 2027? Eventually? It could be a few months. It could be a few years. We don't know. But as Terry was saying there, it's not just him. Richard has been complaining bitterly about this. It's not a case of them being woken up or, or keeping a, a, you know, a night they can't sleep because of it. It's simply because yeah. it's there. It's on all the time. And they think at the moment, council's cutting back. It's a waste of money. Get somebody out with a ladder, with a health and safety form and turn the thing off. He's furious, isn't he? He's not happy at all. Not happy. Justin, listen, you do a, a, a music show on Saturdays, don't I you? I do indeed, Give yes. it a little plug. What time are you on? Uh, on between 9 and 12. Okay. And uh, it's, yeah, a request show. Uh, anything goes from, what, 1950 to 1989. We play songs with memories. And this weekend, I'll be talking to Eddie Amu from The Real Thing. Ooh, that, that, which is always wonderful. Yes. That's very, very exciting. For, for those who may haven't, haven't listened and they're not sure whether they want to, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you the chance to sell your show. The next song, Hmm. It's substitute by oh. the by the Who. Yes. Let's pretend it's Saturday morning. I'm okay. lying in okay. bed in my pants. I've turned on BBC Three Counties to listen to my mate JD, and he's going to introduce Substitute by the Who. Oh, here we go. Here's a fantastic record from the Who. Uh, substitute. Uh, other songs called Substitute by Clout. This one though is the cream from the boys. Proper rock and roll across beds, hearts, and bugs with you in your underpants at home. Take it away. Thank you, Justin. You think- 
sticking around for here's the travel news with sophie tyler beds hearts and bucks travel bbc three counties radio 
The M25 is looking busy where you'd expect at the moment. Anti-clockwise, it's slow between 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Also slow again at 21 at the M1 and 20 at Kings Langley. And very slow between 17 at Maple Cross and 16 at the M40. Now the Barnet Bypass heading south is still slow between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. And also busy as well on the A405 at North Orbital Road, just approaching the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Now on the trains, we do have delays of up to an hour on First Capital Connect on the Bedford to Brighton line, all following the snow. So do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sophie, thank you very much. If you want to give us a call this morning, dear listener, you can do lots of things that we're talking about, including apparently the perfect age gap in a relationship is if the man is four years, four months older than the lady. Do you agree with that? What's the age gap in your relationship? And uh, Surely, any relationship where the gap is 10 years or more it's never going to work is it 08459 455 555 here's the news with Catherine getting beds hearts and bugs talking this is BBC Three Counties Radio Good morning, it's seven o'clock. The headlines, High Town residents revolt, papal elections begin and Mega McCaw on the loose. BBC Three Counties Radio. People living and working in an area of Luton blighted by drugs and prostitution have launched a petition to oust councillors they accuse of doing nothing. High Town residents have complained of obscene behaviour and open drug deals but accuse Labour's Andy Malcolm and Roxanne Whitaker of dismissing their concerns. Wendy is one of the people campaigning for change. People have just totally had enough of enough now. We've given them a long, long time. We've had horrific things going on in here in Hightown. They are a dead loss and um, they do not work with us. And, you know, we've just lost everything that we should be able to do with councillors. We can't. Luton Borough Council have declined to comment. Former Radio 1 and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. The Buckinghamshire-based broadcaster denied groping two women in BBC studios when he was arrested as part of the so-called Others investigation in November. He's been taken off air by his current station while the investigation's carried out and is due to answer bail again next month. A review of how police forces across the UK dealt with allegations of sexual assault made against Jimmy Savile has found that he could have been stopped 50 years ago. Here's our Home Affairs correspondent, Danny Shaw. The earliest missed opportunity identified in the report occurred in 1963, when a police officer from Cheshire dismissed a rape allegation against Savile, telling the male victim to forget about it. In 1998, the Met failed to make inquiries following an anonymous letter which claimed the presenter abused children and used male prostitutes. The inspectorate concludes that such failures could be repeated because of inconsistencies in the way police deal with intelligence. The Association of Chief Police Officers acknowledged there were areas the service needed to improve on, but said it would take time and more money. Heavy snow is causing serious disruptions in parts of south-east England. The worst affected areas are Sussex and Kent, where several centimetres of snow fell and some major roads had to be closed. Hundreds of motorists were stuck in long queues and some spent their night in their vehicles. Roman Catholic cardinals will today begin the process of electing a new pope. The 115 cardinals will each swear an oath of secrecy before they're shut away from the world to make their decision. John in Clapham has lost his parrot. He's appealing for the public's help to track it down, although if you do see it revised to proceed with caution, because as John told Ian Lee earlier, the missing macaw is massive. 
Well, if he sits on a kitchen table, his, toe, his tail will almost touch the ground. And uh, if you give him a whole walnut, he can crush it. So, uh, mm. so powerful bird. Does he, he, does he crush your walnuts often? Yes, he does, yeah. It's his oh. treat. In sport, jump racing showpiece event, the Cheltenham Festival begins this afternoon. Officials at the racecourse say they're not anticipating any problems after using 65 acres worth of frost covers to combat the recent sub-zero temperatures. The weather, cloudy with the risk of light snow and a top temperature of 4 degrees Celsius, that's 39 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, three minutes past seven. Is it still cold out there? I bet it is. Oh, it was bitter this morning. I had two coats on yesterday. Two coats! Oh, it was cold. My little boy refused to wear a coat, though. He's wearing a T-shirt and a, a thin jumper. And that was, do you want a coat on? No. Put a coat on. Pl- no! I'm cold, Dada. I know you're cold. Put a coat on. Goodness sakes. Lots coming up between now and nine o'clock, including residents in Hightown are trying to get rid of the councillors that represent their area. Hear more in the next few minutes. We're also talking about the former Energy Secretary Chris Hune and his ex-wife Vicky Price. They've been jailed for eight months for perverting the course of justice. Are you revelling in their misery? I'm, I'm, you know, they should have gone to prison. But I'm not celebrating like people were on Twitter last night. And according to a survey, the perfect relationship is when the gentleman is four years, four months older than the lady. Do you agree? What's the age gap in your relationship? And anything over ten years? Oh, it's not going to last, is it? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can go and have your say there. And some of you are being feisty on there already, which we like. You can also text him. 81333, start your text 3CR, put your uh, name on it please or, look, the switchboard is completely empty, you can give us a call, 08459 555555 BBC Three Counties Radio Prostitution and drug dealing are everyday sights for residents of the Hightown area of Luton. It's a story we've been following very closely at Three Counties Radio, and we want to get to the bottom of what's being done to ensure residents don't have to uh, uh, live in fear of being in their own homes. Well, earlier on, we heard how residents have taken matters into their own hands by starting a petition for a vote of no confidence in the two Labour councillors representing Hightown, Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm. Well, Liz lives in Hightown, and she thinks the approach of the councillors is terrible. Morning, Liz. Morning, hello. Good morning. morning. What, what's what's the problem? Oh, the problem. Well, it's ongoing and it's very, I would say, unpredictable um, behaviour, antisocial behaviour, is, um, um, prostitutes, drug dealers, frequent, frequent in high town, um, in the residential areas, whether it's car parks or in communal areas, or just people that live there or, all sorts of connections, but it's a problem that's been ongoing for the last, well, for me, probably the last five years, um, since living where I've been living, um, and it's just um, intimidating behaviour because they are basically, uh, whatever they are doing, they are they don't care who and what and where and what time and how, um, whether, it's, whether they need to get drugs or whether they're working, it's um, basically, it's uh, and antisocial behaviour at its most 
um, you know, Life, I think, at the moment. We spoke to the, the, the two councillors who uh, um, the, the people are threatening to oust or trying to oust, Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm. And when they came on the show, they did say that they were doing everything they could to um, rectify the situation. Do, do, do you disagree with that? Well, I think obviously it has to sort of, it's a bit of a give and take situation. Obviously, they're trying to work with these people. But I, what I find is that, you know, it's a bit of a one-way system because I feel like they're kind of contradicting themselves by sort of saying, we'll help you, but at the same time, we'll kind of allow you to carry on doing what you're doing. You know, you know I know that obviously it, these people do have probably underlying problems, but it, it's, it's the fact when people like residents like us have to put up with this 24-7 um, um, and we don't know you know, what time these things can happen. Um, you know, there's no, we don't seem to have much protection on our side. It's like we're very, almost like bait. And just, in like, even if you're in contact with, you know, local community officer or whatever, you kind of find that, you know, you're kind of there to sort of bridge the gap and sort of, sort of bait it into the situation when you don't really want to get involved. But at the same time, you have a right to protect yourself. So you you kind of feel like you don't you want to speak out about it, but you don't want to drag yourself into it because you saw these people like they're dangerous and you saw repercussions if they sort of they sort of found out oh you're talking to people about what they're doing, even though at the same time they need they, you know the police need to be aware of what they're doing. But it's, it's, you feel like you're in a bit of a catch me you know, like you're in a trap, you know. Are you frustrated with um, the approach that Miss Whitaker and Mister Malcolm are taking? Um, yeah, well, from what I'm hearing, I don't, I, I think, it's, uh, I feel like they're not, whether they, if they are high time residents, and, you know, I don't know if they are, they live in the area or not, but I do think whether they, they, they are personally experiencing it or not, they won't actually understand what it's like to actually live around this 24-7, you know, they, I think that they need first-hand experience to actually have a position to have a say on it, if they don't, then they're kind of talking from a second-person perspective, you know what I mean? Would you have you signed this petition that's going around? Would you like to not see yet. them go? I, no, I would like. To, I've not. I've not come about with that. I've only heard about the district accounting. But um, you know, if I could sign it, I would. You know, sign it for them to go because um, I don't think that it's. Um, well, they have to be. It has to be a reflection of the, the residents. Whoever's representing has to be a reflection of the residents in the area. And if they're not representing the residents, on you know, taking the side of the the prostitutes and the drug dealers and sort of taking more sympathetic approach towards them, um, which they do need help, but it's like all on their so like they're kind of getting help but at the same time they're being allowed to continue. You know, they're not sort of being reformed properly, do you know what I mean? They're kind of sort of you know, as I said the whole thing they get they do obviously the police don't really arrest them because obviously you kind of like they do pay for the fines or have to go back and work again. Um, and I think that's not helping them. They need to actually realise that, you know, you know, as I said, they should probably go have a more of a, a stronger, well, stronger, obviously not stronger uh, prosecution, but maybe there is, maybe stronger prosecution. Um, and Liz, yeah. just to highlight the situation, you were, you were, people knocked on your front door, did they? My window, my yeah. window in my kitchen. It was about afternoon time, um, afternoon about sort of after, after three, half three sort of time. Um, and someone knocked on my window, and I just went to the window thinking it was my sister. And um, person basically just sort of said, "Oh, are you working?" Oh. I obviously assumed that I was obviously, 
uh, working girl. But, um, yeah, so obviously at the time I just said to him, you know, that doesn't happen here. It's sort of thing in this sort of old night, you know, sorry, oh wrong address kind of thing. Um, yeah, so obviously the fact that they assumed it, that's the bit that got me, you know, yeah. if it was somebody that I'd probably come across and, you know, the corridor coming out and someone spoke to it and then thought, oh, okay, maybe it was just some random person I'd never probably had any contact with. So, yeah. Liz, listen, we, we can edit that it's not the, the greatest line, but to, 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 to be in your house and there's a tap at the window, <clears throat> yeah, can I help? Are you, uh, are you a prostitute? No, I'm not. Get out. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, we did ask um, Roxana Whittaker and Andy Malcolm, the two councillors in question, to come on today. They declined, as did everyone we asked at Luton Borough Council. Actually, apparently because of an election in one ward of Luton, we can't speak to your councillors on this programme, which is, uh, is frustrating. But we will certainly follow this story. And, and uh, Miss, uh, Miss Whittaker and Mr Malcolm, you're more than welcome uh, to come on the show and put forward your side of the argument. I, I, I did interview them. And they did say that they were, were working to try and solve these problems. Um, maybe everyone, not everyone agrees with the, the, the ways that they're doing it. 08459 four double five five double five. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. No sign of the parrot yet. No sign of the parrot. We are all desperate to find Charlie this morning. Another big story that uh, we have been following is the streetlight in uh, Barton Leclay that's been on for months. Been on for months. Earlier on in the show, Justin uh, went and spoke to um, a gentleman, who, uh, Terry, who's been complaining about this. And the council said, oh, well, no, we can't, no, health and safety. We can't get a ladder up there, Governor. They, well, I don't know why they were talking like Cockneys, but we can't get a ladder up there, Governor. Health and safety. Well, Jason in Hitchin. Jason, you're an electrician and a, a, a resident of Barton. Are you, are you aware of this light? Um, yes, very aware of this light. Good morning. Good Ian. morning. Um, I'm, a, I'm a former electrician. I don't do that anymore. OK, well, um, <laughs> did you make it sound like you're a criminal? I'm a former criminal. I've, I've gone straight these days. <laughs> I, well, um, go, go, however, um, the councillor uh, uh, trying to lead everybody up the garden path. Oh. Um, I've had a look at the photograph on Twitter. Yes. Um, and I know exactly where that light is um, in Barton Lee Clay. And they don't need a ladder. They need a key. Oh. Uh, if you look towards Terry's knees... You will see on the light that on the lamp post that there is like an inspection cover. Right, I'm going to go to this picture now because I think it's on our Twitter. It's also on our Facebook. So let me just kind of uh, 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 a little look and um, see this. Okay, yes, I've got the picture in front of me. Yes. Uh, if you look down by Terry's knees, yeah, uh, you should see like a there's a different colour patch. Yeah. On oh. the lamp post. Oh yes. That's an inspection cover that's held shut by a key and a lock. Right. If you open it. Coming up from the bottom of the lamppost, you will find um, the electrical wire supplying the lamp. Yeah. That goes into a fuse, that then goes into a time clock, that then goes up to the lamp. Um, the lamp's one of the old stars, so I don't think it's got the photosensitive cell on top. No. That detects light and dark. Yeah. And I would suggest that the timer is faulty. There's nothing wrong with the lamp, because it's on. Hang on a second. J- Jason, stay there, because Terry, who brought this to our attention, is on the line. Good morning, Terry. Terry? Terry, are you there? No, we've, we, we, we seem to have lost Terry. Maybe it's gone dark where Terry is. Never mind. <laughs> so you're saying, you're saying that they can just go and do it with a key? Yeah. Well, you, well, you're going to need a qualified person. Mm, yeah. um, but ultimately, all he's going to do is open the hatch, pull the fuse out, replace the time clock for one that works. Right, right. Put the fuse back in, set the time, shut the hatch and walk away. Right, this is the kind of, Jason, this is the kind of thing that annoys me. Not your call. Don't take offence. Kelly Betts, who's my producer today. Thanks. Kelly. Thanks. Bye. Kelly, can you... Uh, 
Terry. Oh, Kelly's, Kelly's on the phone to uh, Terry. Kelly, what I want you to do today, after the show, if that's possible, is I want you to get onto the phone to the council mm. and, tell, and tell them what Jason's just told I mean, us. Absolutely, I'm just going to tell them. Just tell them that all you need is a key to go and unlock it and just fiddle about with a fuse and a yeah. switch. Terry's on the line now, if you wanted to have a chat. Thank you. Terry, did you hear what Jason had to say? No. Oh, well, I'll recap, because it was very in-depth. Jason basically said, they don't need to climb a ladder. They open the little box by your knees that's on the lamp uh, and they can do it with a with a little switch <laughs> they can just switch it off okay okay all right um <laughs> terry listen no listen i'm, I'm going to take the role of jvs in this jason thank you very much for, for your information there uh, terry listen kelly betts my producer is going to phone up the council later on today and give them this information yes, and, and see if they can do something about it yes that's re- yes that's what do we're going to that. do. That's a, you've not. By the way, Terry, you've not seen a big parrot flying around, have you? No. Okay, that's a shame. Thought we could have two birds, one stone. Not literally. Not literally. Travel news now. Here's Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts, and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're all looking much the same at the moment. Anti-clockwise on the M25, still slow between 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Also slow between 21 at the M1 and 20 at Kings Langley. And again, very slow between 17 at Maple Cross and 16 at the M40. Slow again where you'd expect. Southbound on the Barnet Bypass, it's queuing between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And the A405 at North Orbital Road, also fairly slow, just approaching the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Delay of up to an hour on First Capital Connect services to Bedford and Brighton, all following the snow. Everything else not looking too bad there this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. We may be achieving something this morning. We're going to put a call into the council and see if they can send someone round with a key. 7.16, it's Tuesday the 12th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People living and working in an area of Luton blighted by drugs and prostitution have launched a petition to oust councillors that they accuse of doing nothing. Former Radio 1 and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. In sport, Olympic heptathlon champion Jessica Ennis has been named Sportswoman of the Year at the Laureus Sports Awards in Rio. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, cloudy with the risk of a few outbreaks of light snow and a top temperature of four degrees. Coming up, a Luton resident is so concerned about cricket, golf and football sailing over his garden fence that he's suggesting that a nearby sports facility should close. We'll hear more before 7.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tackling your consumer problems. On BBC Three Counties Radio. My son took it to, back to the, the garage. The mechanic says, yeah, I know what it is. So they took it in, done what they had to do, and the car was still the same, still doing the same thing. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. The long and short of it is, he agreed that he would replace the car. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. I'd like to thank you and your team for everything you've done. We wouldn't have got where we got without you. It's a pleasure. I'm going to call that a result. Any other problems, you know where I am, Stuart. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. Weekday mornings from nine yeah. on BBC Three okay. Counties Radio. Well, let's let's just get, set the record straight. I'm going to be the new JVS because my team, not me personally, I'm, I'm too busy. My team are going to be phone checking uh, eBay. My team will be phoning the council to make sure that this light gets switched off. And also, you listen to the the, the, the trails there with JVS. Doesn't he come across nice? Oh, he's so nice. He's oh, he's so lovely. Remember, it's the man that also did this. Are you ready? Yeah. 
Here he comes. So move to him. Stay with him. Bang. Oh, look at it! Yep. Yes! He's shooting a deer. Oh. I've trained a killer. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you feeling good? You, you hit it. I'm feeling really butch. Yeah, that's JVS shooting a deer, dear listener. Wow. Wow. And you trust him? <laughs> He's on at nine o'clock. He's always a cracking listen. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, a Luton resident is so concerned about cricket, golf, and football sailing over his garden fence that he's suggesting a nearby sports facility should close. In a recent incident, a cricket ball from the Warden Hill Sports Ground nearly hit Zanadine Parker's daughter as she played outside their home. Well, we've sent our stray ball correspondent, Justin Dealey, to the sports facility now. Justin, where exactly are you? Ian, good morning. I'm on the Hillcrest Avenue in Luce. And now this sports facility here backs on to people's back garden. The only protection they have, and it was quite interesting being here this morning to actually see this. So if you're in your back garden, there is a fence at the bottom of your back garden. That fence is about 20 foot high and and then you have the sports facility where people are clearly playing football and also playing cricket as well. Some of the residents here not happy. One of those, as you mentioned, is Zainadine Parker, who joins us live here in our radio car. Just describe how bad it's been here, living here for you and, and others as well. Well, mainly in the summer months, um, you're getting cricket balls and footballs flying over the garden, hitting property and almost hitting people. Come to the people in a second, but your carport has got various dents in it from these cricket balls. Yeah, I've got four holes in my carport, um, which isn't ideal because the carport's there to keep the rain off. Um, the rain's just falling through the carport, so if I if I went to fix one of the holes two months later, there'd be another hole. So would I keep fixing my carport or do I just let it happen? Mm. You're saying to me you feel like a prisoner in your own home. Your daughter was almost killed, in your words, last year. Can you tell us what happened there? Um, my my wife and my daughter were in the garden. My, my daughter was playing on a little bike in, on the patio area. A ball comes sailing over the fence, um, lands on the patio area about a foot from my daughter's head. Um, as you can imagine, a ball from that height and that speed, it, it hits a child flush on the head. It's going to kill them. Luton Borough Council, I'm sure you've been in conversation with them. What have they said to you? Because you want to protect your family. Um, the way they see it is, if it's a cricket ball, then it's down to the actual team who's hit the ball over. Um, and it's down to the police to police the area with regards to football and the swearing. This is your daughter's life we're talking about. What's your reaction to that? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a complete disgrace, really, because um, when I asked them the question, um, what if the ball had hit my daughter, would they reconsider? They said yes. So, to me, it's a case of them being reactive rather than proactive. So somebody's got to be killed before anything is done? Sounds that way. What about the language as well? I'm also hearing that the language in the last year here with the players, people playing football, playing cricket, is getting worse. Is that a fair reflection? I mean, there are clear, there are clear signs on the fences, no ball games against the fence, um, and, and it's just continuous uh, smashing of balls against the fence, children swearing, and, and we've got a lot of elderly residents on this road who don't want to listen to swearing and who want to enjoy their garden. Um, but they can't. And have you taken matters into your own hands? If you're hearing somebody swearing and your children are in the back garden, have you gone over there and said, look, can you keep the noise down? I've got children here. I have myself on a couple of occasions. Um, I know one of the other residents have too, and they've been sworn out back. So um, not the ideal solution, to be honest. OK, so would you like to see this club completely closed down? Is that the ideal solution for you? Just close it down? No, I'd like to see the council... Um, try and find a solution really in regards to the cricket whether they turn the pitch sideways and see how that um, see how that pans out 
and get the police to police the area to, to make sure children uh, children aren't kicking balls and, and, and swearing in the park because everyone enjoys the park. I enjoy the park, my children enjoy the park and a lot of residents enjoy the park mm. so I don't see why the park should go because the council or the police can't police the area. OK, a couple of follow questions for you. Do you feel like in the summer in particular you simply can't use your garden? You've got a lovely garden, do you feel like you can't use it anymore? When the cricket's on, yes, most definitely. Okay. And you actually bought the property knowing that was there, though, didn't you? Because some people might say, well, what was there first? The sports facility was there first. You bought that property knowing there was a sports facility there with a big fence and this could happen. Fortunately, the title didn't, didn't tell us that we had to dodge cricket balls. So we weren't aware that cricket balls would come over. Um, we saw a property which, um, which, which suited our family and with a lovely garden. We didn't think that we'd get constant balls coming over our fence. So enough's enough now? Pretty much. OK, thank you very much indeed for your time. That's uh, Zainadine Parker. It's, um, it's interesting, Ian, because uh, I know a lot of people who live very near to, to cricket pitches and, yep. and these things do happen, but we're talking here about Zainadine's daughter, who yep. was one year old at the time, and as he said there, from, from the council's point of view, he said, look, can you do something about this? If something serious had have happened, they may have done, as Zainadine has been saying there, why should he have to wait for something serious to happen for, for the council to try and deal with this situation for him? That's the thing. It's, it, you, you want things to be sorted out before anything happens. Uh, Justin, just, you can see what it's like there. W- mm. Would you enjoy having a garden that, that constantly had balls coming over the fence? I mean, it's the point I made to Zainadine there, because obviously well, you know, when he and his family bought this property they knew that sports facility was there, they could see the fence. Personally, it's a lovely road, it's a lovely property, it's a lovely garden, but personally it wouldn't be for me, because mm. as, as our guest has been saying, in the summertime, they've got that fence there that's about 20 foot high to protect them, but, but if somebody's playing cricket, at any point you could be laying in your back garden enjoying yourself and suddenly a cricket ball could hit you so it wouldn't be for me personally but that's just my personal view uh, Justin just to go off ever so slightly while we've got you on the line we, we are desperate to find Charlie uh, this morning the team and I really mm. really want Charlie it's it's a 30 um, odd year old parrot yes. violet <laughs> it's huge have you seen it at all I haven't but from what I've been hearing he's uh, he's quite a character he's quite a powerful beast oh so he cracks if, nuts if, if I do see him I yeah. think I'll um, probably phone you and get you out instead Thank you very much. You should, there should be a net in the back of um, the BBC uh, vehicle that you use, so just bear that in mind. We are looking for Charlie. If you've seen him, it's a giant parrot. He's over... Th- I say giant. Don't, don't panic. It's not, it's not the size of a jumbo jet, but it's a big parrot, big old fella. He's over 30 years old. He's violet. We had a phone call earlier on in the show about it. If you see it, could you give us a call? 08459 455 555. Now, there's a survey in the newspapers that says the perfect age gap uh, but in a relationship is if the gentleman is four years, four months older than the lady. That gives you the, the, the best chance of survival. And I've often said, my wife's five years younger than me, and, and that feels a little bit too much. And I do think if, if, if the age gap is ten years or more, there's something dodgy going on there. There's, there's, it's not going to last. Well, Mike would disagree, wouldn't you, Mike? Good morning, Ian. Good, good morning, good morning, listeners. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, everybody in Mike's house. Mike, you you are in a in a, what I like to call a weird relationship, an age gap relationship, aren't you? Hey, hey less of the weird relationship. I I, I have a wee, a wife who is twenty seven years younger and is absolutely perfect, man. Absolutely perfect. Well, how let's get let's get these stats out. How old are you, Michael? I'm fifty seven. And so, how old is she? Is she? I could, could do the maths, but it's too early. Well, Ruth actually is going to be thirty this week, so very. Happy birthday to Ruth. Happy birthday, Ruth. Look at this. <laughs> but 
Mike, Mike, have you ever been a DJ? You, you get, you're getting everything out there. This is great stuff. I, could, I can take the morning off. Well, you could take the morning off. I've actually been a radio presenter as well. Uh, we'll push that to I the side. Th- I we'll thought so. So, hang on, 27 years. Did you say 27? Did you say 23? Um, I, she's, she's, she's just coming up to 30, 30 and I'm 57. Okay, okay so yes, 20, let's say 27 years. How did you two meet? Um, we we actually met some 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 while ago at a, ca- a casual meeting. I was running a shop in Luton at the time. Right. Okay. And, and may I ask how old she was at the time? Um, I'd have to have to redo redo the math. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem, Mike. You're too old to do the math. She could do the maths immediately, but your brain is starting to fade. Well, this is a digital age, and I just rely on calculators all the time. So, when you got together, and 27 is a significant um, uh, age gap, what, what did your friends say? Um, did they say four, or did they say Michael? For goodness' no sake! To be perfectly, to be perfectly honest, in in all the all the time that we've been together, yeah. every every everyone has absolutely praised what what we what we have done. There's never been any comment on age apart from apart from Luton Borough Council. What what, what did LBC say? Well, they've actually never really recognised the marriage. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I really, really don't know. They seem to, in, in all the conversations, they really seem to have a problem with this age thing. Well, what, what, what conversations are you having with them, and how, is, how has this come up? Is this to do with, like, bills and council tax and things like that? Or? No, no, it, it, it's, other, it's other matters which are really not for the, not for the radio. Nothing, but no, nothing, oh, wow. nothing criminal or anything okay. on, on that side, but really not for okay, the radio. Okay, fine. Really, but, really not for the radio. But they won't... They won't they, your life is intriguing, Mike. I would love to go out for a cup of coffee with you one day and speak uh, on Trinou. But the, the council... Only, only, if I, only if I can have an hour of your show behind the desk. Ah, <laughs> you, can have, you can have the whole week. I'm not bothered. But they... But so the council won't recognise your marriage, and it's all legal, is it? You've signed all the papers and all the documents. Yeah, it was actually done in Luton Registry Office. Wow. Maybe, maybe they're trying to send you a message. Maybe they're trying to say, "Look, guys, come on, you, you Michael, Ruth, well, forget I've it." Well, I actually wrapped them on the knuckles once. Houses. Um, because you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't take it easily that someone, t- someone turns around and says, "Look, this, you know, we, we don't recognise this, this, this relationship because you're, you're too, you're too old." For well, her. Mike, listen, I appreciate you coming on. What an intriguing man of mystery Michael is, and, and happy birthday to Ruth. Twenty-seven years. Can we find a bigger gap than twenty-seven years? I like the fact Mike was was, was rightfully cagey in, in giving me the information. I wonder how long they've been together. How long will it last? Phil has texted in. Ian, it's not true. The age gap between my wife and I is nine years and we're still going strong 13 years later. Beth says, I'm six and a half years younger than my husband. It works okay for us. People commented when I was 17, but now I'm nearly 35. Oh, wait, 459 455 555 is the phone number. Can we find a bigger age gap than 27 years? Thank you, Michael, for that call. Very interesting. Here's the travel now with Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Anti-clockwise on the M25, still looking slow at the moment between 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Also slow again around 21 at the M1 and 20 at Kings Langley. And reports of one lane blocked as well following a broken down taxi just between junctions 16 at the M40 and 15 at the M4. Callers are reporting that it's lane 3 that is blocked at the moment. And the A1 Barnet Bypass heading south, still queuing between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And on the trains as well, delays of 45 minutes on First Capital 
Hill Connect between Bedford and Brighton still ongoing due to the snow, so do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. Let's get the news and sport now with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. A group of Luton residents have launched a campaign to oust their local councillors, accusing them of deliberately ignoring their area's drug and prostitution problem. Former Radio 1 and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. And a review of how police forces across the UK dealt with allegations of sexual assault made against Jimmy Savile has found that he could have been stopped 50 years ago. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In League One tonight, MK Dons play Shrewsbury at Stadium MK with the Dons still in with a chance of making the playoffs. Striker Ryan Lowe hasn't scored for the club since the 4-2 FA Cup win at QPR in January, but he told BBC Three Counties Radio he isn't concerned about his personal form. Also in League One, Stephen Idger at home to Bournemouth. Borough will want to hit back after their disappointing defeat on Saturday. And manager Gary Smith says they must be up for it tonight. I don't think our fans will let us um, walk into the game flat and uh, not giving it everything we've got. We do have some worries now, some injury worries. You know, we've got some guys, two guys out suspended now. Dave Gray's 10th booking. Um, Gavin Mon will be a doubt. In League Two, Wickham Wanderers are at home to Rotherham and Luton Town have Wayne Thomas back from suspension for tonight's conference match against Hyde, although he's uh, likely to be on the bench. Scott Rendell may miss out after injury, which could see a first start for Alex Wall. Hatter's manager John Still wants his side to start showing consistency. I want them to enjoy what we do in both halves, um, except that you're not always going to win, but it's playing in a manner that when you get beat, that people look at that and go, they couldn't have done much more, more than that. You have, everyone has off days. Jump racing showpiece event, the Cheltenham Festival, begins this afternoon. Officials at the racecourse say they're not anticipating any problems after using 65 acres worth of frost covers to combat the recent sub-zero temperatures. And finally, tennis, Roger Federer is through to the fourth round at the Indian Wells after beating Ivan Dodig in straight sets. Rafael Nadal is also through to the next round after his opponent, Leonardo Mayer, withdrew with a back injury. And that's the latest news and sport. More from me at 8 o'clock. Catherine, yeah. we're talking age-gap relationships. I don't want to delve too much into your personal life, not to be blind. I'm just not that interested. But <laughs> is there what, what's the age gap roughly between you and your fella? Three years and a month. Ooh, this is very precise. Yeah. You, we, I don't know if you heard. We spoke to Michael just before your your bulletin. The age gap uh, between him and his uh, his wife is 27 years. If you were to to go out with a man who was 27 years older than you, he'd be pushing 70. He, yeah. Would Would you be able to cope? He'd be with older that? than my dad. That, that would be weird, wouldn't it? It would be very weird. Thank you very much. Oh, wait, 459-455-555. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, in the next 30 minutes, what have we got? Streetlights, Hewn and Price and Jimmy Savile. Who wouldn't want to listen to that heady, heady mix? Oh, wait, 459-455-555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can also go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. And with the, what's fun on there is if you start arguing with the other listeners. Don't be rude, no swears. Don't, don't, don't be nasty, don't be personal. But uh, yes, a little bit of that, just, just a little bit of argy-bargy. A little bit of, 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 I was going to say, how's your father? But that's something different, isn't it? Yes, just light arguing. Now, speaking of uh, arguing, the former Energy Secretary Chris Hume and his ex-wife Vicky Price have been jailed for eight months each for perverting the course of justice. They were sent down by a judge at Southwark Crown Court after she took his speeding penalty points for him a decade ago. 
He admitted the charge just before uh, he went to trial, while she was found guilty after claiming he forced her to do it. Well, Jeremy Dean is a criminal defence lawyer. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Jeremy, what do you think of the sentence? Eight months each. Some people might say it's a little harsh. Um, well, I can quite see why some people might say it's a little harsh. Um, in terms of the general approach to sentencing for this type of offence, i.e. perverting the course of justice, it's not a harsh sentence. It's actually straight down the line. It's neither harsh nor lenient. It's exactly the sort of sentence I think that criminal lawyers would predict uh, the judge to have passed in this case. His sentence, if I got this right, was reduced by 10% because he pleaded guilty. Doesn't seem a massive um, d- d- reduction. No, I mean, the situation in Chris Hewn's case is that the reduction of 10% was significantly lower than a defendant would get for pleading guilty at the first opportunity. I mean, if, the rule is that if a defendant pleads guilty at the first opportunity, there's usually a 30% reduction. The problem in Chris Hewn's case is that for a very long time indeed, not only had he denied the offence, but he publicly declared his innocence. Then he pleaded guilty, really, when all options were closed. So I think the judge felt that, realistically, no significant credit was deserved, and that's why 10% was, was awarded. Eight months for speeding points. Is it because it dragged on so long? Is that, if I asked my wife to take speeding points, and she did, which, which she hasn't, uh, would, would we get eight months if we got found out? Well, I'm afraid the answer to that question is um, almost certainly something along the lines of eight months. I mean, on one view, um, you know, what happened here was switching around of speeding points and looked at, you know, simplistically, I can quite see why you sort of put the question in the way that you do. On the other hand, this was a conspiracy to pervert the course of justice, to conceal the truth from the authorities, to enable a person who would otherwise have been disqualified from driving to drive effectively to, you know, circumvent the law. And that's why there's a strong public policy in imposing prison sentences in this type of situation. Are there other crimes that that people might consider to be, you know, minor, that perhaps lots of people have done, that could get us sent to prison straight away? Um, Well, I think that there are. I mean, um, you know, for example... Uh, I mean, to just give you one example, I mean, this is a, a different type of situation, but, you know, um, let's imagine that, you know, there are lots of um, sensible people driving around listening to Three Counties Radio, and you just sort of feel that you want to switch over for a second and then obviously switch back again. Um, and what results from that is that, you know, you run someone over and you kill them. Now, I know that you're asking me about sort of minor offences, but what I'm talking about is just, you know, not thinking about a situation just being preoccupied, not really thinking through the consequences, and then the consequences, you know, materialising much later. And for that type of situation, for a moment's loss of concentration, which leads to draconian consequences, you know, a very significant prison sentence could be imposed. Um, there are a range of other sort of more minor offences that, that could lead to prison sentences, but, um, you know, I think that... Um, Basically, um, what the law tries to do is to sentence people for thinking bad rather than thinking, rather than doing bad. But you know, um, it's very easy to slip up and find yourself in big trouble. Jeremy, what happens uh, to, to, to Vicky and, and Chris now? Can they appeal? Is there any chance of getting the sentence reduced? And, and, and how much will they actually serve? 
Um, on the question of appeal, yes, the answer is that it is open to both of them to appeal the sentence. Um, it's not easy to appeal a sentence. The test in the appeal court is, is not just whether the sentence is regarded as too long, but whether it's what we call manifestly excessive, i.e. markedly too long. Um, I would be surprised if there was an appeal against these sentences because you know, they are very much within the range of sentence for this type of offence, and obviously we're dealing here with high-profile people. On the question of time served, I mean, the official position is that each of them is bound to serve half of their eight months in custody. However, in this day and age, with electrical tagging and so on, it is feasible that both of them will physically be released from custody within about eight weeks oh. and and also uh, perhaps slightly longer eight to ten weeks and also i mean today you know sadly on one view rightly on another they wake up to the harsh environment of closed prisons um i i would have thought belmarsh uh, or pentaville in christian's case holloway in vicky price's case but both of them are likely to be transferred to open prisons within a couple of weeks Jeremy, thank you very much. Jeremy Ding, a criminal defence lawyer. Well, what do you think? 08459 455 555. Eight months. They'll probably serve eight to ten weeks. Come out with the tag on and they'll, after a couple of weeks of, of being in prison, they'll, they'll go to an open prison, which I don't, I've never been. Like, I, I was going to say it's easy. I don't know. I've never been to an open prison. Certainly easier than a closed prison. Richard's in Wednesday. Morning, Richard. Good morning, Ian. How unusual I find myself agreeing with you over the last few days on various oh, issues. I need, to, I need to buck up my ideas then, Richard. We can't have you this. You do indeed. Now, listen, I don't want you cutting me off again today like you always do. Yes. Well, it depends. If you, if, if you talk now, rubbish, I might do. I never talk rubbish. I mm. never. I leave that to... Never mind. Come on, Get on with it. Um, this, whole, this whole issue, that's what they all say, this whole issue about this um, Chris Hune affair, um, it's rather like saying... Oh, well, I only pulled a trigger. Yes, but a bullet came out the other end and it killed someone. And that's what you're getting done for. You cannot have perversion of the course of, just, course of justice. Otherwise, you end up with justice systems as they have in the Middle East and other countries. Now, for Chris Hune to do this, an elected representative in the government who knows far better than that Joe Average that, oh, well, it's only three speeding points. It is perverting the course of justice. Ten years ago, he's, he's, been, he's been lying about it for ten years. If he'd taken a hit ten years ago, he's an independent millionaire. He could have got a chauffeur. He could have been driven around. And I think the greatest tragedy of all of this is that um, he's not made to share a cell with his wife. Well, some would say that their marriage was perhaps a prison sentence and they should be made to get married again. And that, that would, would learn. But Richard, I don't know if you heard JVS's show the other day. He, he was talking about this and he had people phoning in saying, well, yeah, I've, I've done this. I took points for my husband or I took points for my wife. But in the great scheme of things, it's not the biggest crime in the world. Taking the points isn't, perverting the course of justice is. Otherwise, you will end up with justice system as you've got in the Middle East and other countries. We see all the time bribery, corruption and everything else. You cannot allow a system of, of justice that is perverted by, oh, a little nod and a wink and a lie and a bribe and this, that and the other. And where does it all lead to? You just can't have a justice system like that. We don't have one in this country. And that is why the judiciary, and uh, frankly, I've got very scant regard for speeding laws, um, I said to JVS last week that on two occasions in my past, legally, I have avoided a ban in the old days when you got a barrister to nip along and plead your case. Um, and I got a, a seven-day ban, and 
absolutely clean clean nine points off. Lovely, that system is no longer here. Oh. However, coming back to this particular one, it's perverting the course of justice yes. that you cannot allow. Richard, before I do inevitably cut you off, have you seen <laughs> a... Gi- don't cry. Have you seen a giant violet parrot in Winslow today? There's one in my, there's one in my back garden. Why? Get, get, don't let it near your nuts. It'll crush your walnuts. Richard and Winslow, you are gone. We are looking for a giant parrot. There's a parrot somewhere round and about in the three counties. It's violet. It's called Charlie. It's over 30 years old. Scarlet. I thought it was violet. Violet and scarlet are the same colour, aren't they? What colour is scarlet? That's like red. Violet's like mauve. (laughs) Look at me doing basic colours. There's a parrot. Anyway, if you see a parrot floating around, you're probably not, it's probably not meant to be there. Uh, Earlier on, Justin Dealey was speaking to a gentleman who's uh, garden backs on to uh, a sports field and he quite often gets balls flying over his his fence well paul in northampton has got a solution what's what's your solution paul <laughs> well you could do the um, the hard way and not let them have them back or you could make a bit of money and be generous and charge them per ball that you return to them oh Hey, do you remind me, when I was a kid, I spent most of my childhood knocking on the next-door neighbour saying, can I have my ball back, mister? No one does that anymore, do they? Well, no, because you only had a lot of six-foot fence between you and the neighbour, if if that at all. I mean, back when I was a child, they were only about three or four foot tall. Um, But he's got a 20 or 30-foot fence at the back of the garden, and they're still coming over. Those cricket balls, though, listen, I I refuse to play cricket at school because they are deadly. If you've ever caught a cricket ball, right, without gloves... Oh, look, here it comes. Oh, my God, my fingers! It's the most painful thing in the world. So imagine living in, in... fear of you're in your back garden sunbathing or in your paddling pool or whatever mm. and you're, you're, you're dodging cricket balls coming at you no that, that's actually a health and safety issue i i would imagine you know because you could cause horrendous injuries if it hit you on the head or you know any other parts of your body yes. um, or even your window or your child <laughs> you know yes uh paul before i let you go have you seen a giant parrot in northampton this morning uh, no, I think it's a bit too cold. We've got snow here in Northampton. Oh, really? <laughs> is, it, is it deep enough to play about in, or is it just shallow enough to be annoying? No, there's, there's, a, there's only a few flakes on the floor, um, I think, from yesterday, but uh, it's just ever so, ever so light, but there is a bit of snow here. Paul, thank you very much. We are looking for a, a parrot that may be scarlet, it may be violet, we're not sure, flying around in the three counties. It's called Charlie. It, it's big, it's over 30 years old. Its partner died last year. So it might be looking... If you've got a lady parrot may, that, that's in season, put it out, and, and maybe that'll be the bait. Just don't approach it, as it, as it can crush your nuts very, very easily. It's its party trick. 7.45, here's the travel news with Sophie. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Anti-clockwise on the M25, we are looking at delays between Junction 21 at the M1 and 15 at the M4. Delays of over an hour there, I'm afraid. And anti-clockwise, again, fairly slow between 27 at the M11 and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Around 20 minutes to get through that stretch. We're heading south on the A1. More delays between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabouts. And the Barnet Bypass also still slow between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And the A10 southbound through Chesant also looking busy between College Road and Churchill Way. Everything else not looking too bad at the moment, but on the trains we do have delays of 45 minutes between the Bedford and Brighton line, all due to the snow, so do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. Morning, it's nearly 7.46. It's Tuesday the 12th of March. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
A group of Luton residents have launched a campaign to oust their local councillors, accusing them of deliberately ignoring their area's drug and prostitution problem. Former Radio 1 and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. In sport, one of the showpiece uh, occasions in the racing calendar, the Cheltenham Festival, begins today. Officials are confident. Uh, I, there's, there's a word missing. I'm going to read what it says, and you can see if you can guess what word's missing. Officials are confident won't be affected. Any ideas? Who knows? Coming up, opportunities to stop Jimmy Savile abusing his victims were missed as early as 1964, it's emerged. We'll be finding out more about that before 8 o'clock, but now let's get the latest weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's another bitterly cold start. The Met Office do have a weather warning in place covering parts of Buckinghamshire out to Bedford and Milton Keynes for icy conditions. Now, temperature outside at the, at the moment ranging anywhere between minus three and minus one. So, like I say, bitterly cold. Now, we're seeing some snow showers. We saw some overnight. We're seeing one or two this morning. Not particularly heavy, I have to say, but they are floating across us and are causing a bit of vis- visibility problem as they're whirling about in the strong northeasterly wind which means visibility wise it's causing a problem now throughout the course of the afternoon or throughout the course of the morning actually we'll start to see some brighter spells as well maybe even a little bit of sunshine once any snow showers move through but temperature wise it's not going to get much warmer than it is now we're looking at a maximum of just two celsius that's 36 degrees in fahrenheit and in that strong northeasterly wind it will feel bitterly colder than that now overnight tonight it should stay mainly dry with some clear spells as well so a widespread frost in place for tomorrow morning and also more in the way of icy stretches. Minimum temperature down to minus two, that's 28 degrees in Fahrenheit. Should start a brighter day tomorrow. One or two wintry showers, anything that falls is likely to be a little more wintry in nature rather than snow because the temperature a little less cold, not warm by any means, but a little less cold than it is today. We're looking at a maximum tomorrow of five Celsius, 41 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Thank you very much. Tonight, Three County Sport concentrates on League One and conference football. MK Dons entertain Shrewsbury. Surely not. Gleason shot. Oh, my goodness me. It's me. Stevenage host Bournemouth. Now Stevenage with a chance to get the ball in. And he is in the net. And Luton are at home to hide. Comes to Rendell, who scores and the flag stays down. All three games available for you to choose your commentary. Plus regular updates on Wickham's match against Rotherham in League Two. Three Counties Sport, tonight from 7 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Opportunities to stop Jimmy Savile abusing his victims were missed as early as 1964, it's emerged. In a report published today, police inspectors say there is a distinct possibility that officers could fail to prevent another Savile-type scandal from happening again. The earliest record uncovered by HMIC naming Savile in connection with a sexual abuse investigation was dated 1964, but officers failed to act on the intelligence received. Well, our reporter Simon Thompson has been following this story and joins us now. Good morning, Simon. Hi, Ian. Good morning. So set this report into context. Why was it commissioned? 
Well, Savile, of course, was a former TV presenter and radio DJ well known on our screens for many decades for programmes like Top of the Pops and Jim Will Fix It. He was knighted in 1990 and died in October 2011, aged 84. It was only about a year after his death that the first allegations about him being a paedophile were broadcast in that ITV documentary. The police then received more um, information. They began to investigate and in total they received 450 allegations. At the end of last year, 214 of those were defined as crimes, including 32 of rape over five decades. So today's report by the HMIC, the police watchdog, was commissioned by the Home Secretary and was really an attempt to find out just how much the police knew about Savile before he was exposed as a sex offender last year. And it says that the police forces up and down the country failed to join the dots and missed opportunities to apprehend Savile. They failed to understand the extent of his offending and mishandled complaints and intelligence. So what were some of the missed opportunities to catch Savile highlighted by the report? Well, there were five reports made to the police about Savile prior to his death and two pieces of intelligence, all of which the HMIC investigation says were mishandled in different ways. The earliest known complaint was actually in Cheshire in 1963 when a male victim reported to Cheshire police that he had been raped by Savile and according to the report today, an officer simply told the victim to forget about it. The man was one of eight people who tried to report Savile but failed to get their police force involved to do anything about their allegations. Other victims contacted Merseyside Police, West York police, the Met and the Royal Ulster Constabulary. In 1964, intelligence about Savile was entered into a ledger used by the Met's paedophile unit in London and it said that the DJ had visited an address used by girls who had absconded from Duncroft approved school in Surrey but there was no record of any investigation by the police. And the Met also received detailed but anonymous allegations about Savile's behaviour and methods in a letter sent to the Met in 1998. The report worryingly warns that the same opportunities could be missed again today. Ian, I think this is one of the most stark aspects of this report. It warns that failures to share intelligence between police forces about prolific offenders could well see something like this happening again. In 2007, officers with Sussex and Surrey Police, separate police officers, realised they were both investigating several separately after receiving bits of information. And the HMIC report today says both officers appear to have alerted each other to the reluctance of their respective victims to take their, their allegations to court, and both decided that neither was able to support the other. As a result, opportunities for mutual investigation support were lost, it says. And the watchdog also says that police have systems and processes in place to enable forces to join the dots and spot patterns of offending, but these have either not been used correctly or simply not used at all. What's been the reaction to this report, Simon? I guess, in if, if you can be shocked anymore about the allegations involving Savile, then shock is a natural reaction to this. Just how many opportunities there were for the police and how many were missed. The Chief Constable Mike Barton speaks on intelligence for the Association of Chief Police Officers, ACPO, and he says, yes, we have a national intelligence system which is capable of being used by any trained officer in the UK to identify suspects, offenders and patterns of behaviour. But he says the review has highlighted that the police national database currently has limitations and these will need to be addressed over a period of time rather than immediately and will require extra funding. The Home Secretary Theresa May says that while we can never right the wrongs that have happened, we must learn the lessons to prevent the same thing from ever happening again. And she says she's ordered work to ensure that the interests of victims are prioritised and the specific vulnerabilities of children involved in allegations are recognised and addressed. Simon, thank you very much. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, 
constantly say, if you've got something you think we should be talking about on, on this show, you can send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. I-A-I-N. I spell it the correct way. Scottish heritage, you see. I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. And if you, you've got a story that you think we should be happening, a big one, a small one, some as big as your head, then uh, email me and let me know. Or you can phone up during the show. This is your three counties. You can talk about what you like. Well, Barbara in Hemel Hempstead has called in. Barbara, what on earth have you called in about? Hello, Ian. Hello, Barbara. I booked a um, hotel, which I saw uh, on my iPad, through an agency. Um, I got down to the hotel to find that they never had a reservation for me. It was a pub, not a hotel. Mm. Um, Then um, I went to bed, and the next morning I thought I was going to have a continental breakfast. So you stayed in the pub? I stayed in the pub. Okay, yeah. I I, I was a bit dubious about it, but... Um, I stayed there, I had to go to a birthday party, and yeah. I booked for four days. Um, she she tried to get me somewhere else, but they were all full up, so I had to stay there. Yeah. Um, I went to bed, and I got up the next morning, and I thought, um, great, I'll go down and get some breakfast. Um, went downstairs to find locks on the doors, great mm-hmm. big church big locks um, that I couldn't get into the bar area. Um, I didn't know how to get out of the hotel. Um, I was stuck there. I I walked all the way around the hotel, looked at all the doors. Everywhere was empty. I seemed to be in there on my own. Um, I I started to panic um, because there wasn't anyone there. There was no phone in the room. There was no instructions. Um, Luckily, which I don't always, I took my mobile with me. So I rang the police. And um, the police um, said, well, it's not really an emergency. We're doing all the roads. So well, wait well, a minute. The, the, <laughs> surely a, a lady locked in a pub yeah. on her own is more of an emergency than the roads? Yeah, well, apparently to them it oh, wasn't. Um, anyway, they said they would um, try and send somebody down in the next couple of hours. Oh. Um, so anyway, I was I was stayed in my room and uh, panicking. I, I rang my daughter. I said, "It's no good. I can't stay here. Um, can you come and you know get me? Um, I'm locked in the pub." So um, she left work and she said, "Yes, I'll be on my way." Um, she she came down. This was at Worthing. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, about an hour later, a police lady. I saw a police lady walking round, yeah. and she see me at the window, and she said, open your window, and I'm shouting to her out the window, trying to, trying to, she said, where's the door? I said, I don't know. I don't know how to get out. Was there no one, there was no one in the pub? No. Right, There okay. was no one. Yeah. I, 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 by this time, I was shaking to pieces. Um, I mean, you've got to laugh now. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Um, and then about um, a quarter of an hour later, um, she came up the stairs with what I understand was the owner. Oh. Um, he didn't know I was in there. What? He hadn't been told, apparently. Um, there was a little young cleaner, a little girl that was there um, with them. Yeah. And the policewoman was saying, well, you know, why why haven't you answered me? Um, it, uh, and he said she wasn't in here on her own. The chef was here. And I never saw the chef, and um, she said, well, why didn't you answer me? And right next door to the pub was a great big load of building going on with two great big cranes and lots of workmen. He said, well, I, I didn't hear. I didn't hear you. Barbara, did this actually happen, or is this a dream you had last night? No, I've been there. On, I went there on Sunday and come home yesterday. So this happened at the weekend? Yes. 
So did you did, did you manage to well obviously you got out eventually? Oh yes, um, yes. What 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 happened at the end? Did you did you get your did they give you your money back? Did you go and stay they somewhere else? They didn't charge me, but I didn't have any breakfast. I didn't have anything to eat from the day before. So um, the the owner just said he was sorry. Yeah. He didn't know that I was there, and my daughter turned up. I said I'll stay in my room now until my my daughter turns up to yeah. take me home. So I've had to come oh. home, miss my aunt's 100th birthday party. Oh, Barbara. Yeah, all because of that. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. How are you feeling now, my dear? You, 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 you're feeling a bit better, a bit calmer about it? I feel sick. Really? <laughs> but, you know, I just... And when you look up, I mean, when I tapped in hotels, yeah. came up as a hotel, and the agency that um, booked the hotel... Yeah. Um, they've had trouble with it before. Have you managed... Have you got any money back or anything? No, because, um... Barbara, listen, we're running out of time. Would you mind if I passed your details on to Jonathan Vernon-Smith? Yeah. Because he might, he, he might look at this in his consumer hour. He might not, but it's the kind of thing he might have a little look at and might be able to sort something out. Well, somebody ought to know about so, it because they've had trouble with them before. Oh, blimey. Well, they do. Barbara, listen, I appreciate you coming on and telling us your, uh, your story. I didn't realise it was this weekend. I wouldn't have laughed if I'd known it had been so recent. We'll pass it on to JVS. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still looking at problems on the M25 at the moment. Anti-clockwise, we have delays between 21 at the M1 and 15 at the M4. Going to take you over an hour to get through that stretch, I'm afraid. Callers are reporting there that a broken-down taxi is blocking the outside lane. A southbound on the M1, also slow between 15 at Northampton and the Newport Pagnell services. And Londonbound on the M40, also very slow between Junction 1A and 1 at the Denham roundabout. A fairly slow where you'd expect on the A1 southbound at the Barnet Bypass, between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus and the A10 also busy heading it through Chesant at the moment. 45 minute delays on First Capital Connect services on the Bedford to Brighton line following the snow. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. Okay, well, Barbara's tragic story there has given me an idea. For the last hour of the show, what have you been locked in? 08459 455. We've all been locked in somewhere. A lift, a toilet, a spooky pub in Worthing. Speak to you after the news with Catherine. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's eight o'clock. The headlines, Hightown residents revolt, papal elections begin and mega macaw on the loose in the three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. People living and working in an area of Luton blighted by drugs and prostitution have launched a petition to oust councillors they accuse of doing nothing. Residents have complained of obscene behaviour and open drug deals in the streets but accuse Labour's Andy Malcolm and Roxanne Whitaker of dismissing their concerns. More on this story up next with Ian Lee. Former Radio One and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. The Buckinghamshire-based broadcaster denied groping two women in BBC studios when he was arrested as part of the so-called Others investigation in November. He's been taken off-air by his current station while the investigation's carried out and is due to answer bail again next month. Police have been criticised for mishandling complaints about sexual assaults by Jimmy Savile on several occasions spanning 50 years. A review by Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Concern 
constabulary found a number of police forces had heard complaints about the presenter, with the first of them an allegation of rape in 1963, but they never investigated or shared the information. The report said officers failed to join the dots to see a pattern emerging. Drusilla Sharpling from HMIC says that because of inconsistencies in how police apply guidelines, the same failures could happen again. We know that the systems and operating practices have improved over the years, but still, as we know from the Savile report, mistakes were made when either information was not made available or was rendered inaccessible for anybody looking to find out what may have happened in the past. A man has been arrested and charged following reports of a handgun in Bedford. No weapon has been found, but police are appealing for information about an incident in Church Lane on Friday afternoon. Roman Catholic cardinals will today begin the process of electing a new pope. The 115 cardinals will each swear an oath of secrecy before shutting themselves away from the world to make their decision. There's a scarlet parrot at large somewhere in the three counties. John in Clapham called BBC Three Counties Radio to say he's lost his McCall and he's advising anyone who sees it to proceed with caution. Here he is talking to Ian Lee. Well, it's called Charlie. Uh, yeah. and I've had him for over 30 years and uh, I had a pair of them and his, his missus died last year. Ah. So uh, he's tame but nervous yeah. and um, obviously he, he wouldn't harm anybody but if somebody approached him and, you know, he got frightened, he might he give him a nasty nip. In Sport England, locks Joe Launchbury and Jeff Parling should both be fit to face Wales in the deciding match of the Six Nations on Saturday. Saracens fly half Owen Farrell will also train this week and could play some part, although number eight Ben Morgan is still injured. The weather cloudy with the risk of light snow and a top temperature of four degrees Celsius. That's 39 degrees Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news. Ever been locked in anywhere, Kath? Always. Huh? <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. We are discussing this morning after Barbara's call. If you missed it just before uh, eight o'clock, it really was. Um, we were chuckling. I was chuckling because I didn't. I thought it happened like about three years ago. I didn't realise it happened at the weekend. She was still upset about it. What have you been locked in? She was locked in a pub. No, not the good kind of lock-in. She was locked in, and in the morning couldn't get out. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Other things between now and nine o'clock. Residents in Hightown are trying to get rid of the councillors that represent their area. They're unhappy with their handling of the crime and prostitution. We'll talk about that more in a second. We're also discussing the EU. They're going to vote later today whether to ban pornography. What do you think? Good idea or terrible? And the perfect relationship is when the man is four years, four months older than the lady. Do you agree? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Lots of um, big age gaps on Facebook. There would be, wouldn't there? It's the internet. You can text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or, look, all the lines are free. You can give us a call. 08459 455555. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Now, it's a story we've been following very closely here on Three, uh, Three Counties. Crime and antisocial behaviour in the high town area of Luton. Horrible stories of prostitutes having sex in people's doorways and uh, rubbish shoots, open drug dealing in car parks and local female residents being harassed by men who think that they are street girls. Well, it seems that residents and local businesses feel they have been badly let down by their councillors and have taken matters into their own hands. On Friday evening, they launched an official petition for a vote of no confidence in the two local councillors who represent Hightown, Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm, and they've already gained nearly 300 signatures in three days. Well, the, the two councillors came on the show uh, a couple of months ago, uh, and I spoke to them. I, I found their attitude a little bit frustrating. What I have to say now is that, that there's a reference in this, and they were kind of sort of pulling away from the mic and laughing during the thing. This is what the, 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 I make a point of this in, in this little clip of the interview I'm going to play. And they kind of were like smiling at each other and w- were surprised when I picked up on it. You've got to take an approach which actually solves the problem over a long-term period. You right. can't I don't want to prostitute the- having sex up against my door or in my rubbish chute. So what are you going to do about that? Well, so on the rubbish chutes, that is something the council can do something. So lots of these are police issues, but right. there are some okay, council so issues what are you going to do about well. that? So, with regards to rubbish chutes, we have got um, bin men now with keys, and they should be able to lock them, and that's only something that has recently come about, so we're still in the process of getting that into a situation that's actually working, because at the moment some of them are sometimes being left open, and obviously we're still talking to people about that. It should be working from now. Right. But there are always going to be people who forget to do things that they're meant to do. You can understand why jobs. people are upset I'm about sure you this. forget to do things in your job. I, don't, I, I would not forget <laughs> to lock a shoot if I knew that there were prostitutes having sex in it and it was upsetting the local residents. I wouldn't forget that, no. It's not part of your job, though, is it? So what I would say is we are talking to the council. I, I, I don't know why we, you're finding this well, funny, because the I'm residents not, aren't finding this funny. I'm not finding this funny. But you're making slightly flippant comments about it, and the residents are... Fe- have a listen. I'm, this is what the residents said about the council. I've spoken to Roxanne. It, it took quite a long time for her to actually get to see me. I spoke to her, and um, she mentioned that, you know, that she's having talks with the police. It was just after that, when I spoke to a few other people, I found out that these these councillors, so-called councillors and MPs, actually support, run some sort of organisation which gives these street workers a place where they can come and eat and clean and food and sort of, you know, I feel encourages them. And I was disgusted with that. They just see me as, a, a, I think, an eccentric thorn in their side. And in my view, they do not care, really. Well, I wouldn't say don't care, but they're not really interested in what goes on with um, us who have to live with the vice that they are so keen to help. And we do feel like prisoners. And we don't feel like the police or the council care about us having to be prisoners. Strong words. Yeah, very strong words. We've been around for 18 months and we're doing everything yeah. that we can to change it. And we can't do anything about what's happened in the past, but we can do our best to work for the residents now. With a slow, long-term the, plan. There is, there is no quick works. answer to this. It, we want well, a sustainable it, it, it solution. Now, I've got to say that we, we have asked uh, the two of them to come on the show and um, they have both refused. Uh, and in their defence, I feel I should put forward their defence, they were adamant when they came in that... The, that they they were doing everything within their powers to make Hightown 
uh, more respectable. They, they kind of like a, a long-term, slow-burn plan. Well, our uh, reporter this morning, Justin Dealey, is out in Hightown. Uh, Justin, whereabouts are you exactly, and, and who are you with? Well, I'm with Charlton at the moment, who runs a, a local convenience store here. This is where the petition is, Ian. Now, uh, since Friday, when that petition has been live, nearly 300 signatures already. They feel like something has got to be done. It's been going on for far too long. Charles Ed, you're running this local convenience store here. For, for anybody who's never heard of High Sound, doesn't know what it is, can you describe what it's like living here day by day? Well, if people know what hell, living in hell is like, then they'll best describe it. It's worse than that. You know, uh, you're always living in fear of what's going to happen, uh, assaults, verbal assaults, physical, physical assaults. You're always afraid to find, you don't know what you're going to find on the street, whether it's used condoms, needles, you know, and that's just half of the story, that is. So you're telling me every single day, you open the shop this morning at 8 o'clock, you are living in fear every single day of your life. That's what you're saying? That's exactly what, what I'm saying, you know. Uh, we, we feel that we've got no safety, no one to turn to at all. Um, you know, the councillors, the police, uh, you know, every day, the, they just get away with it, the, the prostitutes, the street workers, they get away with everything. But law-abiding citizens who are trying to earn a living, you know, we have to live in fear all the time. It's, mm. it's like a war zone out there. So you've been abused here, in this shop? I've lost the number of times, lost count, how many times. Just the latest in this incident was last night, and when I called it in to the police, the police operator heard the abuse I was getting from the prostitute from, from within the shop. She heard it on the phone, and she said, I said, this woman is banned. And I was told that there's nothing they can do, uh, even if she's banned, that's a civil matter. I mean, how does that make you feel? Because if you're phoning with a, a genuine concern, and they can hear that as well, and nothing's being done, how does that make you feel? It must be so frustrating. Frustrating's, you know, not the word. Uh, I, I really am annoyed. I'm, you know, I think the council are waiting for another Ipswich because, you know, uh, they, they're, they're making things happen out there themselves. They are encouraging it by what the councillors in this area are doing, by encouraging the girls to come to Hightown, they look after them. So the girls, you know, the prostitutes don't need to go anywhere else. I, th I think, you know, our councillors in this area have a lot to answer for. Mm. There's so much I want to ask you. We haven't got too long with you, but uh, Roxana Whittaker and Andy Malcolm, the two local councillors, uh, they are refusing to come on the programme this morning. What is your message to them? Because I guarantee you they will be listening to this. Well, I, I, I think that they are legal pimps. That they, they encourage this sort of behavior on our doorsteps and that they, stop they you there. Well, what, why do they encourage it well the organization they run um, supports these women on the streets and looks after them and they are supposed to be vulnerable people these are people who are in um, in power in the council which should be doing things to help the residents the voters the electorate but on the other hand they are sympathizing with the vice problem. Let me just say again, they are not here to defend themselves. Again, that, that offer for them to come on the programme this morning, live with Ian is still there, if they want to defend themselves on what you're saying here, but you want them out, enough is enough, you want change here. Exactly that. That's it. It's time they went, they've got to go and let somebody who knows what they're doing come along and sort out this war, this hell. Is it really that bad? It's really it that bad. It is really that bad. I mean, you know, I... I 
you know, I, I can still stand here. Okay, we, 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 Justin, we, we seem to have lost the signal there. I don't quite know what was going on, but I, I think we got the uh, the thrust. I have to just step in, of course, and say that uh, Roxana and Andy uh, were asked to come on the show, uh, and they declined, as did everyone at Luton Borough Council, uh, apparently because of an election in one ward. They can't come on to the show. I'm not quite sure if that's right, but, but that's what they're saying. Uh, and in defence of Roxana and Andy, they would, of course, I would imagine, I don't know, uh, say that they're not in any way uh, acting as pimps and promoting prostitution. And uh, if I remember correctly, their aim was to get the working girls off the streets, but over a longer period, as opposed to punishing them by filing them and chucking them in prison. Theirs was kind of a long-term plan that they had. Over there, that's Justin. He's uh, one of our reporters. <laughs> that's the wrong thing. I'm trying to be all slick. Let's try this. Across beds, hearts and barks, this is Ian Lee on BBC there we go. Three Counties Radio. Never try and be too slick, Lee. It don't work for you. Don't work. So Barbara phoned up before 8 o'clock. She went to stay in a hotel in, uh, uh, in Worthing. Turned out it wasn't a hotel. It was a pub. They put her up for the night, but then they locked her in. What have you been locked in, dear listener? 08459 455 555. Colin's in Dunstable. Good morning, Colin. Good morning. Co- Colin, what have you been locked in? A padded psychiatric cell. Oh, my goodness gracious me. What happened? Well, many, many years ago, we're talking 30-odd years ago now, yes. if not more, Yes. Um, I was working in a hospital laboratory, um, and um, we were looking for new premises within the um, hospital to move to. And it was suggested that we had a look at the old psychiatric unit, which was now um, not being used. So my boss and I went round to look at it, and we found um, a block of these old padded cells. Wow. Uh, You know, all leather. You couldn't see the door inside. And uh, my boss said, how would you like to be locked in for a little while? So I said, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, and it was absolutely amazing. What? Um, obviously, he let me out after four or five minutes. Oh, I was going to say four or five days. No. Why, why was it so interesting, Colin? Well, just to see. I mean, it was Victorian. Oh, dear. Yeah, very old-fashioned. Um, it was... Dark. There was only one small light bulb, um, sort of about forty watt. Uh, bit creepy, I'd imagine, Colin. Was it a bit, a bit creepy? Well, I, uh, I, I'm not phased by anything like that. It, oh. was, uh, it was an interesting experience. Well, there we go, Colin. Thank you very much. I wasn't expecting that. What have you been locked in, dear listener? We've had Barbara locked in a pub, and Colin was locked in a padded cell. <laughs> That's not the right thing. Here we go. Let's see if we can do it this way. I don't know what's going on with my fat fingers, dear listener. Here's the travel news with Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Southbound on the M1, looking heavy at the moment between Junction 15A at Northampton Services and the Newport Pagnell Services as well. And also busy at the moment on the A505, that's the Upper Tilehouse Street heading west through Hitchin. We have reports of a shed load there between uh, the Rotten Road West at Hitchin and Mount Grace Road as well. And now southbound on the A1, still slow between the St. Neas Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout. And the Barnet Bypass also queuing at the moment between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. 
usual delays are still causing problems there, I'm afraid. And also the A10 heading through Chesant southbound is still slow between Brookfield Lane West and Winston Churchill Way. Everything else not looking too bad at the moment. We do have delays of 45 minutes though on First Capital Connect services between Bedford and Brighton following the snow. And 30 minute delays on Greater Anglia uh, between Liverpool Street and Hartford East as well. So do check before you travel. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. Morning, it's 8.16. It's Tuesday the 12th of March. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. A group of Luton residents have launched a campaign to oust their local councillors, accusing them of deliberately ignoring the area's drug and prostitution problem. Former Radio 1 and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. In sport, England locks Joe Launchbury and Jeff Parling should both be fit to face Wales in the deciding match of the Six Nations on Saturday. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks cloudy with the risk of a few outbreaks of light snow. Top temperature, 4 degrees. Coming up before 8.30, those darned Europeans, they want to ban our pornography. We'll discuss that and more before 8.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni with the best local news stories. There's a sporting story emerging. Paul Buckle has left Luton Town Football Club by mutual consent. The owners of the Centre MK have withdrawn a part of an application regarding the Primark development. Local talking points. The Hertfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner, Mr David Lloyd, has a plan to get sponsorship for police cars. The best local travel. There's been another day of disruption on the Thameslink line today. We were allowed evacuating something the train and we had to go back to Ratchet and now we're waiting for the bus. Roberto Peroni, every weekday from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Vernon-Smith is here with me. Good morning, Jonathan. You've got a kind of... Uh, oh, you look... Yes, yes. hello. You've, you've got a kind of jacket on. I'm making more of an effort. I bought some new shirts the other day. I'm not wearing one now, but I bought them. They're in a box at home. Oh. Making an effort to... Uh, Look smart. You look very nice. May God bless you and everybody uh, associated with you. I don't know if you heard earlier on in the show. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird thing to say. I've never heard anyone say that before. God bless me and everyone associated with me. It's a nice thing to say, it's though. It's very it? nice. It's not, yeah. I'm not saying a pox on you and your no, family. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm putting a pox on you, for goodness <laughs> sakes. I could do. No, no, no. I know no, how no. to. No, no. Uh, we had Barbara. I don't know if you heard Barbara calling in. Um, yes. She went to a hotel in Worthing. Except it wasn't a hotel, it was a pub. And they locked her in. And I sent her to you. <laughs> I, I said, phone up Jonathan on the consumer out. Thanks, Dad. Because th- those are the kind of fruit... Ba- that's the kind of story that you you deal with, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I deal with all kinds of consumer problems. What advice would you give to a 74-year-old woman who'd been locked in a pub overnight? How, so she was locked in there overnight? Yep, yep. Did this cause her any problem? She was, she's distressed. She's distressed? Yeah, she's distressed. Well, what does she want? I mean, it's... I don't do compensation. No. That's what you're talking about. So I'm not getting a compensation. What does she want? I I mean, I can't wind the clock back and get her out of that room, can I? So, you know, I can get her an apology, but I'm not getting her money. I don't do that. She just probably wants a friendlier attitude from um, uh, her radio presenter, which is what she got from me. Right. Uh, by the way, we're phoning up a council today to try and get so, a street lamp switched so off. So I've noticed. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we do on this show. <laughs> we're, we're the new Jonathan Vernon Smith, and right. I have never, I have never shot a deer. Are you ready? Yeah. Here he comes. Move to him. Stay with him. 
It's a deer. Look at it! The baby deer. That yes. was not a deer. That was a baby deer. It's a clay pigeon. Come on. <laughs> you feeling good? You, you hit it. I'm feeling really butch. You shot a baby deer. I did not shoot a baby. I've never shot anything live in my life. Unbelievable. Those clay pigeons have got feelings, Jonathan. <laughs> They've got feelings, haven't they? <laughs> What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone-in today, is prison the right punishment for Hune and Price? Uh, the former cabinet minister, Chris Hune, is waking up in a prison cell for the first time this morning after being sentenced to eight months for perverting the course of justice. His ex-wife, Vicky Price, has also been jailed for accepting his speeding penalty points ten years ago when they were still married. He's in Wandsworth. She's in Holloway, mm. apparently. Mm. She, pair, she, she will be. It's a, it's a ladies' prison. The pair of them are in prison. Well, it's been a huge fall for both people who, between them, had certainly held positions of power and influence. But based on what they've done... Is prison the right place for them? Do you think the punishment that they have had is absolutely the right punishment? Does it send out a clear message to everyone else? You can't do what they did. Or do you think it's a terrible overreaction and they've really been used uh, as scapegoats and they would have been far better off being made to go around in orange overalls picking up litter from town centres as their punishment? From Nine, I want to hear from you. I tweeted last night Mm. whether my listeners felt that it was uh, an overreaction. No one had any sympathy with them whatsoever on Twitter. Yeah, there's a lot of people are revelling in their misery. Yes, and the camera and Chris Hewn's face. Yep. Is it perhaps a little bit over the top? We're going to uh, d- discuss this from nine this morning, and I want to hear your views. Is prison the right punishment for Hewn and Price? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. If you, if you want to give Jonathan now a call, now's an excellent time. 08459 455 555. Or you can send him a cheeky email, jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. Uh, now, the EU will vote later today to decide whether to ban pornography. Critics of the bill, which aims to promote equality in society, say it could end up with books like Fifty Shades of Grey being banned. Well, maybe some good will come out of it then. Uh, well, Nicky Hodgson is a journalist specialising in sex uh, and the law and thinks this is going way too far. Good morning, Nicky. Morning, Ian. And also we've got Mary Honeyball, who is a Labour MEP and sits on the Women's, right committee, uh, Women's Rights Committee at the European Parliament. Morning, Mary. Good morning, Ian. Mary, do, do you support the ban? I don't, actually, and it is only an amendment to the report. Right. So, uh, was, was so, so it, it will be voted on t- today at lunchtime, um, around about 12 o'clock or so, and I will not be voting for an outright ban, and I think most of my colleagues in the Labour Party will be taking the same line. I think we'll all be taking the same line, in fact. Should there be tighter controls, though, Mary? I think there should, and, and I'm not saying I don't agree with regulation at all. Um, of course, the, the worst things are already criminal offences. It is a criminal offence to use abusive sexual images of children online, for instance. But I think we need to think very hard about this because there's a lot of evidence to show that pornography does have a very severe disaster severe impact on young people um, in a not very healthy way in their attitudes to sex and relationships so i think we do need to consider these issues but i'm not i really don't think an outright ban is the way forward nikki mary makes a good point doesn't she that the, the, the it, too much pornography or some of the, uh, the the various strands that i've heard of can, can lead to a perversion of what people might think is is right and appropriate in a relationship um i think that is 
a really good point. But I think the main issue here is that uh, neither porn nor media are defined in the context of this bill. So we don't know what the definition of pornography is. And there is a lot of porn out there which um, doesn't perpetuate gender stereotypes of men or women. There's certainly a new movement to produce uh, a different kind of strand of pornography. And I, for example, I've written an erotic memoir. Probably under the context of this bill, I would be censored for that. Uh, we really need to look at the evidence. There are, there are lots of reports on both sides of the argument, actually. We're not just looking at legislation that can, um, you know, stop people from viewing porn because it's bad for them. There are lots of reports out there that are, that are challenging that notion because there are different attitudes to pornography proliferating and the different kinds of porn available. So it's definitely true that what we have is a problem with regulating porn. I've been talking to people in the adult industry that would be potentially interested in coming up with some kind of ethical porn stamp, for example, working with hmm. uh, politicians and the government to come up with a, you know, a set of um, guidelines that would that would ensure that the production of the porn they were producing was safe, and then it would be up to people as a matter of exercising their civil liberties to view the material or not to view the material. Nikki, what's actually being proposed today? If this if this bill went through, would I, for example, be able to pop into my local um, petrol station and, and you know buy a mucky magazine from the top shelf? Would that would or would everything be banned? Well, in theory, yeah. Can I can I just say something? Of here? course, you can. It's not actually a bill in the sense that we would understand a bill in the right. House of Commons. It's actually an, an a, it's it's more it's more like a private members' bill. Right. It's not legislative. So whatever happens with this report, it's not going to it's not going to lead immediately to legislation. It could be a precursor of something coming forward later. But I think we need to be a bit clear about the terms of this debate. Lovely. Um, this is actually an own, what we call an own initiative report in the European Parliament, and I also do agree with. Nikki, that we need to look at definitions much more clearly. Um, this report is very vague um, and it doesn't define what it means by porn and I completely agree with Nikki that we do need to uh, have much more clarity about these issues. Nikki, does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense and I completely agree with Mary. The other thing that I would say is that this uh, proposal is also to do with tackling gender stereotypes, primarily. So um, some of the suggestions in there are really good. They're to do with stopping women uh, feeling that they can't enter male, traditionally male occupations. They're to do with tackling how fathers look after children. And, it, and the report also uh, pinpoints advertising as a main problem for uh, perpetuating gender stereotypes. But the other thing that it does is that it doesn't mention anyway the transgender community. It doesn't mention... Uh, stereotypes to do with sexual orientation and I think if it's really concerned with solving those issues and it needs to mention those and the problem is that the porn issue has become a bit of a side note and all the media are focusing on that obviously we're having a debate about it now but that should probably be dealt with in something completely separate. Mary the the, the vote is is the vote today the votes today. And, 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 and many people, you say that you and a lot of your other Labour MEPs won't be voting will many people be voting for it? Well, it, it's not a question of the whole report. It's these amendments right. to do with banning pornography altogether, uh, which we won't be supporting, I think, for reasons I've explained. Yes. I mean, it, it's a sledgehammer to crack a nut, to be honest, and it, it mm. isn't right. I mean, I don't think any reasonable person would think you ought to ban something altogether just because there are bits of it you don't like. Um, I think what we need to do is use this as a more of a platform for a debate so we can actually come up with some sensible way of dealing with pornography. I mean, I like Nikki's idea of an ethical stamp, and I do think there is a, a responsibility 
on the part of those who publish pornographic issues and put them up on the internet for voluntary controls and I'd certainly like to explore a sort of code of conduct idea maybe we could call it an ethical stamp before we go down the route of banning things altogether Thank you very much Mary Honeyball, uh, Honeyball sorry, Labour MEP sits on the Women's Rights Committee at the European Parliament and Nikki Hodgson, a journalist uh, and author who writes, uh, well, rather naughty, naughty books, I think we can uh, say quite safely. Right, let's get the travel news now. Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Heading west on the A505 through Hitchin on Upper Tilehouse Street, we do have reports still of a shed load just between the B655, that's Purton Road, and between Mount Grace Road as well. Now, the A120, that's Storford Road, heading west through Standon, is still looking very slow as well around the High Street, and the A405 North Orbital Road, also still busy approaching the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Now, anti-clockwise on the M25, still slow at the moment between 21 at the M1 and 15 at the M4, can take you over an hour to get through that stretch and delays of 45 minutes as well on First Capital Connect services on the Bedford to Brighton line as following the snow and on Greater Anglia as well delays of 30 minutes between Liverpool Street and Hartford East and Bishop Stortford as well following obstruction on the line at Tottenham Hill. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sophie, is everything alright? You're sounding uh, um, a little huskier than normal. I've just got a very sore throat. Why was that? Were you up to anything at the weekend? No, not really. Just I actually, but it was quite quiet. I just just quiet boozing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks very much. Let's get the news now with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts, and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's 8.30. The headlines, a group of Luton residents have launched a campaign to oust their local councillors, accusing them of deliberately ignoring the area's drug and prostitution problem. Former Radio 1 and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. And police have been criticised for mishandling complaints about sexual assaults by Jimmy Savile on several occasions spanning 50 years. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In League One tonight, MK Dons play Shrewsbury at the Stadium MK with Dons still in chat with a chance of making the playoffs. Striker Ryan Lowe hasn't scored for the club since the 4-2 FA Cup win at QPR in January, but he isn't concerned about his personal form. Everything gets put on a back burner now. You, you target yourself, you try and reach uh, your achievement, your own achievements. They've all been put on a back burner and that's not just me, that's every single player in the football club. That's what I see anyway, especially in our squad that we just need to pick up points whatever way they come but we're more than happy also in League One, Stephen Idger at home to Bournemouth. Borough will want to hit back after their disappointing defeat on Saturday. In League Two, Wickham Wanderers are at home to Rotherham. The chairboys lost on Saturday and Gareth Ainsworth admits he already has one eye on next season. It's been a big season for us and uh, you know, next season hopefully we can, we can kick on and do better. But um, this season's all about, it was all about survival. Um, I still want to finish top half. I'd love to finish top half. I th- still think we can do that. Luton Town have Wayne Thomas back from suspension for tonight's conference match against Hyde, although he's likely to be on the bench. Scott Rendell may miss out after injury, which could see a first start for Alex Wall. In rugby, England locks Joe Launchbury and Jeff Parling should both be fit to face Wales in the deciding match of the Six Nations on Saturday. Saracens fly half Owen Farrell will also train this week and could play some part, although number eight Ben Morgan's still injured. Finally, tennis. Roger Federer is through to the fourth round of the Indian Wells tennis after straight sets win over Ivan Dodic. Uh, 
pair, Rafael Nadal's opponent Leonardo Mayer, pulled out of their match with a back injury. Nadal will play Ernest Gulbis in the next round. And that's your latest news in sport. More from me at nine o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, here every weekday between six and nine o'clock. Coming up in the last 30 minutes of the show, we talk more about age gaps and also cheap flights. Oh, interesting, you say. Uh, yeah, it could be. Now, earlier on in the show, we were discussing uh, the fact that several residents in Hightown, in fact, more than several, about around 300 people, have signed a, a um, uh, what do you call it? A petition, that's it. Ah, oh dear, it's, it's been a long week so far. Uh, I've signed a petition saying they have no faith in their local councillors or two of their local councillors and they want to see them gone. Well, Dave is in Luton. Morning, Dave. Morning, Ian. Dave, you, you've uh, heard this, this story. What, what do you take on What's your take on it? Well, I've heard it today and I've heard it for the last, what, six months, maybe more. What do, what do people of the residents of um, Hoytown want to do is to stop paying their council tax, even their rent, because you're soon at the council and the other people coming up there to find out exactly what's going on. You know, you can't just have one person stopping. You've got to have them all up there. Well, not, not pay a little bit for the, for the fire service. But if the police are not interested, if the council's not interested, or councillors, then don't pay your council tax. Yeah, they'll, but soon, you... they'll soon come running up there, mate. If, if you've got 300 people up there... Because they can't push them all into courts, can they? Well, d- yeah, they can. They, they won't get well, the councillors. You won't get Dave. You won't get the councillors coming knocking on the door. You'll get the bailiffs coming knocking on your door. No, no, no. You've got the right to go to a court first. Right. The reasons why you haven't paid your council tax. That court is a court of justice. That court has got to listen to your case, not for the council, not for the councillors or for the police. They've got to listen to your case. The reasons why, okay. and they've got a very, very genuine reason, haven't they? Well, in their opinion, they have. Let's play devil's advocate for a second. Their opinion, they have, because they're saying that these councillors aren't doing enough for their area. But the councillors would argue and have argued on this show that they are. Is that the parrot? <laughs> what was that? I heard a parrot. I'm, I'm, out, I'm out in the garden here. Is it a giant parrot? No, no, it's a dirty, great big raven. Oh, for goodness no, sakes. Have you seen I'm a parrot? Looking, you've got me looking up the area all the time now. Oh, I thought that was it for a second. What a lovely way to... to we, 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 we would have ended the show 25 minutes early if you'd have found the parrot. No, no, if it comes over, I'll let you know. Please do. Don't shoot it. But, now, David, but regarding d- the councillors, yes, Ian... Yes, yes. All right. But it's the council. The council should be investigating. The police, more so, yeah. because it's a criminal offence, what they're committing up there. Yeah. And these people have got to put up with it. I wouldn't pay the council tax. You'd end up in prison, though, Dave. No, you wouldn't, because you've got the right to go to a court. OK, but then the court would say, pay your council tax or go to prison. No, no. The count, the count, is this what the judge would say? Well, the courts would say, because they'll turn around and say, well... Well, then you say to the court, all right, you live up there. You see what's going on and see if you, if you would uh, do the same. But, but David, I, David it, yeah. it, 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 it's, I understand exactly what you're saying. And, of course, it, you know, it is kind of, uh, if you're unhappy with the service, don't pay for it. But, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You can't say to the, the magistrate, you, you go and live in Hightown for a month. Because the magistrate's going to go, no, pay your council tax or go to prison. No, but then, so in other words, there's no, you can commit any crime up Boy Town Road then, 
because the courts have got to take no notice. They're more interested in the council getting the council tax. Well, I, I would suggest that they are more interested in the council getting the council. Well, it's well, that bird again. No wonder they people saying in this country, past and now, that the justice system in this country is, a, is an ass. Well, Dave, listen, thank you very much. You can't, you can't not pay your council stats because of that, really. I mean, I, I, and the, the, again, the council would, I'm sure, say that they are looking at the crime, and they are doing their best to uh, to counter it, but they're perhaps doing a slightly slower, long term plan. I don't know. What do you think? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to give us a call, we've been talking about age gap relationships as well. Uh, I, there's a thing in the newspaper today that says the perfect age gap uh, is uh, is if the gentleman is four years four months older than the lady. I I can kind of go with that. M- much bigger than that. I'm not really convinced. It works, to be honest. I, I, ten years and over, I think, is, is, is pretty weird. Lots of you have been commenting on the Facebook page. We'll get to those comments shortly. Don't worry. You've been having your say. I will read as many of those out before the end of the show as I can. Now, it used to be that we refer to some airliners or airlines as low-cost carriers and others as legacy airlines. Did we? I've never heard the phrase legacy airlines before. Well, we expect the low-cost airlines to offer cheaper flights with fewer thrills. Frills. <laughs> Who writes this stuff? Well, the cost of the more expensive flights has fallen by nearly a third in the last six years. Our reporter, Philip Hampshire, can maybe fill in some details. Morning, Philip. Good morning. Is this a case of the low-cost airlines becoming more expensive with those tiny little charges they add on for, for luggage and bits and pieces like that? Or have the big boys become cheaper? Well, actually, if you like, it's a mixture of the two. We've got the uh, low-cost carriers have experienced the same kind of difficulties that uh, many different companies out there have, rising fuel costs being a very big portion of any airline's cost base. Um, So as fuel prices have gone up, they haven't been quite so good as uh, the legacy or national carriers or or flag carriers or however you wish to describe some of the older, more established airlines. Uh, They haven't been as good at keeping those fuel costs down. Now, at the same time, one of the reasons that uh, uh, those older airlines are referred to as legacy carriers is because they carry with them a great legacy of uh, pensions costs, of uh, of costs associated with uh, the terms and conditions that they gave their uh, workers. And so by managing to whittle those down over the last six years, the gap between the two has shrunk by a third. And that means that there's going to be more competition there with regards to price. So what do the budget airlines do to compete then? Can they, can they cof, uh, cut their costs any, any more or offer a, a better service? Well, there are uh, people far more intelligent than me who are paid full-time over at those airlines to try and figure out different ways that they can reduce the weight of their aircraft and, and thereby, uh, if you like, use just a little bit less fuel to get from one place to another and thereby cut their costs. But this is exactly what you would expect to happen. Um, we know that when those airlines came out, they took a chunk of the market away from some of the older, more established airlines. And so, therefore, you would expect to see adaptation as they begin to converge together. So, the the uh, summary of the report from KPMG is that while the gap hasn't completely gone away, it's only narrowed by a third, it's still going to narrow a little bit further in the uh, coming years. And so, that actually, the distinction that we have in our minds between low cost carriers and historic 
electric carriers will at some stage perhaps disappear. Philip, thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. So let's have a look at some of your comments uh, on Facebook, shall we? About uh, they, If we don't read them out on the radio, they all get looked at and read. So don't, you know, don't panic. Four years, four months is the ideal age gap uh, in a relationship with a gentleman being slightly older. My wife is five years younger than me, I think. Something like that. I don't really... I don't really looked into it, to be honest, in much detail. Uh, I think t- ten years are over in, as an age gap. That's a weird... That's weird, isn't it? That can't sustain itself. We've had a couple of I- exceptions, but really, there's something odd. Satine Moulin. Oh, there's a name, Satine Moulin. Says, too much emphasis is put on a number. It's about emotional maturity, in my opinion. My partner is younger than me, and we are together because we get on well. Yeah, you, people say age is just a number. Well, yeah, but it's, it's the number of how old you are. So it's quite a significant number. Jane Johnson. Um... I want someone who remembers Marty Wilde, not his daughter Kim. See, that's good. Uh, Josephine Reed, I don't think uh, age gaps a problem, but if my 20-year-old daughter or son wanted to marry a 40 or 45-year-old, I think I would try to stop it. But if my 45-year-old son married a 60-year-old, I probably wouldn't have a problem. I think for me, maybe I, because I would still see them so young. A 45-year-old marrying a 20-year-old. That's, I'm going to, I'll say it. That's not right. That's not right. It's not right in the slightest. That's not right, is it, Trevor, from Stevenage? How are we doing, Ian? You right? Yeah, I'm good. For- if a 45-year-old person marries a 20-year-old person, that's not right, is it? It's a bit weird, but, I mean, there's, there's ten years difference between me and the wife, but, um, yeah, that's a bit strange. Uh, well, you say strange. Who's the, el- who's the eldest? I am. OK, so ages, please. How old are you? Uh, 46. Hang on, let me get my calculator. Hang on a second. <laughs> so she's 36? Yeah. Wowzers. And uh, how old was she when you met? 26. Oh, you see, that's pu- that's pushing it a bit, Trevor. Oh, 26, 36. Yeah, I know. What, yeah. Did anyone did anyone say anything? Did, did any of your friends or your parents or anyone go, Oh, Trevor, that's a bit weird. Uh, uh, my mum was a bit funny because she thought she was about 18. She only looked about 18. Right. Uh, but no, it's 26. But no, I mean, we, we used the same local for years, but we never actually met each other, which is a bit weird. Right. So how did you meet each other then? In the local. <laughs> oh. So you looked over one day and went, hey, that girl that's been sat there all the time for the last 10 years, <laughs> foie! <laughs> foie! <laughs> Just new new through friends of friends, you know, but we never met each other before in the pub, which is quite weird. Well, Trevor, this is, it is quite weird. Trevor from Stevenage. Ten-year age. That, that's, after that, it starts getting a bit weird, I think. Um, uh, Pete Mann says uh, on Facebook, there's 20 years between me and my partner. We don't worry what other people think about it. We get on great and love each other. That's all that matters. What's interesting about Pete's post is the first letter of every word is a capital. That must have taken some effort to do that. Azra Kulik says, I'm 29, my partner is 24. We get on great. Age is nothing but a number. But it's the number of how old you are. It's a significant number. Uh, Jackie Edwards, my husband is 10 years older than me and the best thing that's ever happened to me. Age has no barriers. Well, he has some. Um, Wildman, uh, Anthony Wildman, my wife is 29, I'm 48. I'm very happy. Oh, that's, 20, that's 19 years. I think people that see it as a problem have their own problems and should seek help. 
Well, do no such thing, Anthony. Get on with your life and let others others lead theirs. It has no effect on you. Uh, and Scott Peacock says, I wouldn't mind marrying a woman 10 years younger. I'm 39, and to me, I can't see the problem with it. If you were to marry someone 20, 30 years older, it would be like marrying your mum or your dad. No, that is so wrong. That is wrong. 20 years, 25 years, that's just a bit... Just a bit dodgy bodsky. Here's the travel news with Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it looks like the earlier problems we had heading through Hitchin on the A505 have now returned to normal. Shedload has been cleared and it looks like it is beginning to ease up and nicely out there. The A120, though, that's Stortford Road heading west through Standon is still slow just around the high streets. And the A405 North Orbital Road also still queuing as well, approaching the M25 at Junction 21A roundabout. Now, anti-clockwise on the M25, we still have delays of over an hour between 21 at the M1 and 15 at the M4. And our first capital connect delays of 45 minutes between Bedford and Brighton due to the snow and delays of 30 minutes on Greater Anglia between Liverpool Street and Hartford East and Liverpool Street and Bishop Stortford as well all following an obstruction on the line at Tottenham Hill. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Sophie you just managed to keep your voice there till the end and we appreciate it. Vicky on uh, uh, Facebook says, I'm 33 my husband is 53. We've been together 10 years this year and married for three of those. We're incredibly happy never argue or fight and a very supportive of each other's needs i very strongly believe age is just a number but yes vicky when he's 73 you're going to be 53 then you'll be worried about it right it's 8 45 it's tuesday the 12th of march i'm ian lee and these are your headlines this morning on bbc three counties radio A group of Luton residents have launched a campaign to oust their local councillors, accusing them of deliberately ignoring their area's drug and prostitution problem. Former Radio 1 and BBC Three Counties DJ Dave Lee Travis has been bailed for the third time by police investigating sexual offences as part of the Jimmy Savile inquiry. In sport, Cheltenham Racecourse officials remain confident the festival will get underway as scheduled this afternoon after calling an inspection for 10.30. Coming up... As we've just been saying, four years, four months is the perfect age gap in a relationship if the man is older. That's according to a lot of the papers this morning, so it must be true. We'll get your views before 9am, 08459 455 555. But before that, let's get the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's certainly bitterly cold and we're seeing some further snow flurries through the course of the day. In fact, snow showers. The temperature outside at the moment across the three counties ranging between zero and minus three. That's over in High Wycombe, notoriously a cold spot. Most of us, though, going through a bit of a drier spell. Even some brighter spells out there uh, peeking through from the cloud. But further snow showers likely to move across us within the next hour or so, I'd say. Not going to rule them out for the rest of the day, but they shouldn't cause too many problems as the sun will be doing its job and it shouldn't settle too much but we are looking at a very blustery northeasterly wind which means temperatures feeling bitterly bitterly cold uh, we're looking at a maximum of four celsius that's 39 degrees in fahrenheit but it will feel much colder than that now overnight tonight it is looking um fairly dry at the moment widespread frost expected uh, for most of us and also some icy patches as well one or two isolated snow showers can't rule them out but it's fairly unlikely 
for most of us. Minimum temperature minus 228 degrees in Fahrenheit. Now tomorrow we're starting off fairly dry with some bright spells as well. One or two wintry showers. The temperature a little less cold tomorrow so whatever falls from the sky is likely to be more of a wintry mix. Some hail and perhaps some sleet mixed in there as well. But the maximum temperature 5 Celsius, 41 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Thank you Kate. This Friday, join us for a jam-packed night of comic relief featuring Peter Kay, Miranda, Call the Midwife and Rowan Atkinson. It's going to be, wait for this, cake. Is that right? Or is it mint? Plus, MasterChef, Ricky Gervais, Russell Howard and a special performance from One Direction. It's going to be amazing. Comic relief, funny for money. We're all giving as much as we possibly can. Are we? Jim! This Friday from 7 on BBC One and BBC One HD. So as we've been saying all morning, according to the newspapers, so it must be fact. Four years, four months is the perfect age gap in a relationship if it's the bloke that's older. I, and I kind of go with that. Four or five years, yeah, that kind of works. My wife's five years younger than me, and we struggle on some things. She doesn't remember any of the same TV programmes I remember, or any of the same toys or sweets or music or anything like that. In fact, we haven't got very much in common at all. What on earth's going on there? Ten years or more, though, far too much. Won't work. Won't last. Apart from the odd exception, it won't work. Twenty years or more... <laughs> you're a deviant there's something there's something not quite right about that well earlier on i spoke to mike about his age gap relationship there's 27 years between him and his wife i asked him how they met we actually met some 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 while ago a, ca- a casual meeting i was running a shop in luton at the time right okay and, and may i ask how old she was at the time um i'll have to have to redo the, redo the math <laughs> This is the problem, Mike. You're too old to do the maths. She could do the maths immediately, but your brain is starting to fade. Well, this is a digital age, and I just rely on calculators all the time. So, when you got together, and 27 is a significant um, uh, age gap, what, what did your friends say? Um, did they say, Whoa! or did they say, Michael, for goodness no, sakes? To be, perfectly, to be perfectly honest, in, in all, the, all the time that we've been together, yeah. every, every, everyone has absolutely praised what, what, we, what we have done. There's never been any comment on age. Well, Diana Parkinson is a, is a relationship expert. She thinks age gaps can matter, but not always. I think the whole thing, as you said, the cultural references that we have yeah. do make a difference. Yeah. But, you know, what, what if really, if people are happy together, mm-hmm. then it's fine. That's, what, that's what's important. 20 Most years, 20 years. Love and be loved. It, yes. it can be very difficult, and it's then what roles are you taking on? You yeah. know, is it parent-child or what, what's mm. going on? Yeah. But um, I, I think it's usually, mm-hmm. I don't know, speaking as a woman, it's usually nice to be with a man of a similar age. Uh, yes. But I think, well, there's the whole thing, I suppose, the sexual thing of men wanting a young, fertile woman, you know, and I uh. suppose the pressure on women to feel that men won't be interested after a certain age. So, you know, it, it's a difficult one. I think when we're young, then you're going to be with somebody a similar age. I think as life goes on, then things can change. Well, we've sent our love correspondent, Justin Dealey, to uh, Luton train station this morning, which, as we all know, yeah. very, very erotic. <laughs> Luton train station. <laughs> yeah, baby. You've been, listen, you've been all over the place this I morning, have, Justin. Have, what, yes. what, 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 just remind us that some of the some of the stories yeah. you've broken this morning. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the first out, I was in Barton. A man furious 
furious, fuming in his words, yep. because uh, outside his house there was a street light which has been on since June last year, and the council there, uh, they can't turn it off because well, they can't get a ladder, well, uh, health and safety. We have had an electrician on the, lo- on the phone. Mm. You don't need a ladder. You just need a key to open the box. But, uh, my producer, Kelly Betts, is going to phone the council up today and chase this up. Really? We're going to get this sorted. Yeah, we'll get it sorted. I've been in uh, Luton talking about I'm, cricket balls. Hang on a second. I'm, yes. I'm not finished. I'm the new, I'm the new JVS. <laughs> you. I'm the new slicker. Yeah. Some would say better yeah jvs right yes, yes. yes. lovely yes. lovely carry on um, carry on yes sir. in luton <laughs> talking cricket balls and uh, also talking prostitution in luton as well of course that serious story about high town so it's all been happening and now you've sent me out onto the streets to be asking people personal relationship questions yes. about this perfect age gap um this is what people have had to say well madam you've been in a relationship with a significant age gap how many years are we talking here 25 years, Justin. And you were 25 years older. Do you think that age is just a number? It definitely is. You're as young as you feel. So when you was in that relationship, did you think that people looked at you in a, in a different light because there was such a significant age gap? No, they didn't at all. They accepted us for what we were. So there was, there was no issue with the age at all. OK, madam, you've been in a relationship with, with quite a big age gap. Um, how many years are we talking here? Um, 14. And were you 14 years younger or 14 years older? There's a rude question for you. Older. 14 years older? Yes. Did it work out? No. Was that because of the age, do you think? No. No, no not at all. He was just a bit of an idiot, was he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good say that. I mean, according to the survey out today, they're saying that the best... The best age gap would be four years and four months for the man to, to be older than the lady. Would you go along that? Or, at the end of the day, is age just a number? Age is just a number. Well, Angela, this survey out today says that the perfect age gap in a relationship is for the man to be four years and four months older. You would go along with that because that's exactly what's happened in your relationship for, what, the last 27 years? Yeah, that's right. It's four years older than me. <laughs> so that you would say then that that is the perfect age gap. You can still get along together and it's just perfect for you. It seems to work for us. I don't say everything was perfect. No yeah. relation's perfect. But if you're willing to work at anything, mm. you'll be fine. <laughs> OK, and just lastly, Ian's been saying this morning that, that any age gap above 10 years, it's never going to work out. Would you go along with that? What's your personal view on that? Personal view, I think it could work. I think it could work if you get the right people. Well, there, I, I don't think... It, and also, Justin, interestingly enough, OK, hmm. right, in terms of the, uh, the, the the bigger age gaps of 10 years and over, all the calls, all the Facebooks I've spotted, it's the bloke who's older, not the woman. So the bloke's like 47. There's yep. one here. Who's this? Uh, Vicky on, on uh, Facebook. She's 33. He's 53. Hmm. You don't get it the other way around, do you? No. I mean, well, that, that lady in, in the first piece there, 25 years. So she was 25 years older. Uh, that, certainly, in my experience of talking to people, is pretty rare. Yep. My relationship, it's four years and nine months. Um, oh. I'm older. Yeah. And, yes, I think it, it is kind of perfect until you start talking about things like bros. You know, bros back in 1987 and then suddenly you get this blank look you know that 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 was a big part of my life but she doesn't remember bros who who doesn't remember bros drop the boy drop the boy when will i be famous you know just that you keep trying you might get there one day but why why would you be discussing bros with your partner (laughs) why would you want to do that they were they were big back in the day you know they were like bros and and things like this i had a row with one of bros 
Oh, really? Yeah, one of the ones that looks like the other one. Uh, because I, in- I interviewed him on Radio 4, right? One of Bross on Radio 4, and what, I'm interviewing him. What were you doing him. on Radio 4? Oh, I used to, I used to uh, have standards. Stuff, yeah. uh, and I was, so I had to interview Bross, uh, one of Bross, right? And I made a reference to Bross. Because the big thing, do you remember that all the 13-year-old girls wore Grolsch beer bottle tops mm. on, their, on their shoes? Yes. In their laces. And so I made mention to this, right? And in the interview, live, as it went, it, it started, it went... That is the worst introduction I've ever had. <laughs> I thought, right. And he was there to yeah. promote his new single. I thought, right, yeah. I'm not going to mention your new <laughs> single now. And I didn't until right at the end. I did, I did, it was four and a half minutes. I did four minutes and 15 seconds yeah. Yeah. about Bross, and he hated it. Then at the end, I went, I believe you've got a new record out. It's coming out on Monday. Is it good? Thanks very much for joining us. <laughs> Wonderful. And, that was it. and at the end, he came up and he had a right go at me. He had a yeah. right go yeah. at me. Fair play to it you. Was, I don't know which one it was. It was hey. Luke or Jason. Any man who takes on Bross, you've got to be brave. You've got to be brave to do that. You've got to have something. And Justin, before we let you go, yeah. um, and it's, it, I've got to ask, the, the sto- big story this morning has been the missing parrot. Any sign of Charlie, the missing parrot, no. this morning? Do, oh. do you know what? I, I've not seen this missing parrot. I've heard about him. Uh, I'm even hearing that we are running this story in our news bulletins. It's big. It's big. It's going right the way across bed, Sarts and Bucks. I haven't seen him. I came into contact with a parrot about two months ago. Very friendly chap who was eating nachos. Yep, absolutely true. Uh, this one apparently has got a bit of a taste for nuts, but uh, I've not seen this parrot. I'm sorry. I haven't got him here in the radio. I, ho- I hope we find it soon because JVS is, is cleaning off his rifle I'm sure. and loading. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want Charlie to get home in one piece. Oh, don't we all, sakes. don't we all. Uh, Justin, excellent stuff. Speak to you later on. Thanks, Ian. Ta-ta. When I say later on, I, I mean in the office. like Just like a regular guys hanging out. We don't really get on in real life. It's, it's all for the radio. Uh, my hubby is 13 years younger than me. It's not me, it's Tanya and Milton Keynes speaking on the text. It's no problem at all. He knows more about the old days than me. Oh, dear. We're very happy. And Lucy in Bedford again. Look, it's 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 all younger women and older blokes. There's no there's no blokes going. Well, yeah, I'm twenty and my missus is forty five. My husband is almost twenty three years older than I am. We've been to twenty three years. Twenty three years. We've been together for nine years and married for almost four. We have a little boy and have never been happier. I'd like to know the ages and that. How old is he? That's a, that's a phone in for another day. Old parents. You don't want to be too... I, I'm, I'm 40 this year. I don't know if I've mentioned it. Uh, and my youngest is one. I, I would be reluctant to have kids any older than 40. Because when I'm... Hang on. When I'm 50, he's going to be... Jeez. When I'm 50, he's going to be like 11. Oh, my goodness. When I'm 60, he's going to be 20. I might not... Here's a depressing thought for the end of the show. I might not live to see my children get married. <laughs> On that bombshell. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Has anyone got a drink handy? I might not. Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow at some point. The, 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 uh, older parents. I might not live to see my boys get married. Boys! Ah, oh, dear. Here's the travel news now. Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looks like the earlier problems we had on the M1 around Bricky Wood have since returned to normal. The A505 are also looking good now following the earlier shed load, which has been cleared. Now, the A120, that's Storford Road heading west through Standon, is still slow, however, heading west at the High Street. And the A405 at North Orbital Road, again, queuing approaching the M25 where you would expect. Now, we do still have delays of over an hour anti-clockwise on the M25. Delays there between 21 at the M1 and 15 at the M4. And also, again, moving 
on to the trains. Delays of 45 minutes on First Capital Connecting Bedford and Brighton following the snow. And also on Greater Anglia, delays of 30 minutes between Stratford and Bishop Stortford, all following an obstruction on the line at Tottenham Hale. Now, it was affecting the Stansted Express a little bit earlier, but it looks like it has all been cleared now. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sophie? Yes? Ginger? Yes? Go and have some fresh ginger. Boil it up. Oh, I thought you were telling me I have red hair. No, I would never be so rude. <laughs> Go and boil up some fresh ginger, a bit of honey, drink that, and don't whisper, it makes it worse. Okay. Speak to you tomorrow. It. Speak to Bye. you tomorrow. Right, that's it. That's your lot. Back tomorrow at six. JVS is up next. Until tomorrow, ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Oh, it's freezing out there. It's Tuesday morning, but on this morning's big phone-in, 